Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 148. We are back down in the basement to talk about another week of professional wrestling. And this week, unlike last week, we are not abandoning a gorgeous sunny day to come down here. It is opposite, miserable and rainy. Like it, it, is. it was last night. I got to bike home in the rain. That was a thrill. It's actually raining pretty significantly. When did you bike home in the rain? At like 12.30 when you were passed out in the toy room already. Oh, you biked back. Okay, no. You were upstairs sense. asleep. I guess we shouldn't call it the toy room anymore. So you guys aren't little kids playing with toys. But that room upstairs that you video game in, you had fallen asleep when mm-hmm. I got home. But yeah, so... Uh, I don't know what's new and exciting with us. We bought tickets for another independent wrestling show, I guess. Eh? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, what is Santino's thing called? Battle Battle Arts? Yes. So we'd been to a Battle Arts show in Mississauga before, right? Uh, well, we yeah, went, it, it was, was an impact. impact show at his facility. Is Which that... would make a lot more sense now that he's on TV. But... <laughs> so the irony is, yeah, when he wasn't part of their company, they held a show at his place. And now that he is part of the company... So I guess another affiliate of his, another location of his battle arts training facility has opened about 40 minutes from us. And a guy I work with had told me, he, hey, I know you and your son like wrestling. Have you heard of this one? And, it, and I hadn't. So he told me he let me know. And he saw in the town that he lives in that they had put flyers up. So he sent a picture to your mother. And I have, and it, right away basically went online and checked it out and decided we'd try it. Like we like indie shows, right? Yeah. So. We usually go to GCW, not that GCW. Not that uh, one. Great Canadian. I think we missed that one. We did, great Canadian wrestling. But uh, so this, what did I say? It was HWE, I think. I don't even remember. Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment, which is that funny because right. Hamilton is like two hours away from where this venue is. But yeah, we're going to check it out. Um, Maybe they're, just, they're touring elsewhere. It's their national tour. I guess so. And that's Provincial next... tour. <laughs> right. Um, so we're going to that next Friday night, right? So... We'll probably have something to discuss from that. And looking online, um, their women's champion is Serena Deeb. Which is, that is interesting Yeah, that's cool. I don't know if she'll be there. I haven't seen any card for the show, actually. I haven't seen her, period. No, she's disappeared. She's dead. And I, I was going to say that, but I hesitate to say that because we've killed people with those jokes in <laughs> yeah. the past. So, um, all right, P. Brody Lee, that was partially my fault, apparently, <laughs> I think, right? For sure. Uh, um... And who did I say? Oh, the tag team champions were the Bollywood boys, right? So at least they get some talent, some decent name talent through that Former federation. 24-7 champions. There. That's right. Through former uh, victims of Randy Orton. That's how uh, I'll always remember them. He just destroyed them. Yeah, I remember I remember the one time he like, because he, he always did like that backdrop thing on the table. And the one time he like dropped one of them too high. And he made and the he face. Like, yeah. But like, then there was, Ey. and I think it was the same one who yeah. he fell off the Punjabi prison and went through yes. a table. Like they took some hits. They took some major beatings. Have yeah. you heard lots of the they speculation? some credit for that. Have you heard the speculation that Orton's not going to come back? Like, yeah. That he's retired? Oh, well. From a few different places. I don't know if I believe. Yeah, I don't miss him. Like That's he's, okay. whatever. Not, not to be mean, but like. He's Hall of Famer and all have that I, stuff. Have I noticed? No. No, me either. I have not noticed. And it's not like Riddle has floundered since then. I mean, no. I think he's like doing just Honestly, fine. forgot about RK, bro. It's been that long. Like, it, was, it was good, but it was. I don't really care. And we had, I had the bloodline to keep me entertained. Yeah. So I don't miss I'm Orton. Good. He's, no. uh, I've seen everything I need to see from him, right? Because he doesn't really have a lot of variety in his character. So if you, yeah, and him, even if he has, his peak has long since passed. I agree. But uh, I don't know. Anything else you wanted to discuss this week? That's that... weird. That's like a news thing that you just worked it in there right yeah for banter yeah because that uh, i don't know it just came to me oh, uh, you could have put that in your news if you i could have if put, you were scrambling and it was stuff. kind of even there last week uh, i've been seeing bit. around i just didn't care enough to actually put in my news it's yeah. like that's been, been kind of going on for a little while i feel like 
It has for sure. There's so. been like various people coming out with their opinions on whether Randy Orton's gonna. Yeah, and everyone's like all heartbroken about it. I'm like, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and then I've just been watching a lot of NBA playoffs. We're down to conference finals now. My favorite of the group left, actually, in the whole playoffs is Denver. So they're up two nothing, and then. Miami, who just squeaked into the playoffs, beat Boston again last night. So they're up 2-0 after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know you love have lots of thoughts on the NBA. Go ahead. Give me all your thoughts on the NBA. That, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, that's about that's all you know. That's very neat. And then, I don't know, nothing exciting happened at school for you this week. The fire alarms have stopped. We did have... You, you had an, <laughs> am, you had an ambulance any? come the one day. Did we not get any this week, though? I don't think there was any this week. Wow, that, that's good. But there was a 911 call, apparently. <laughs> Someone Maybe the anti-vaping presentation in the library is really, really doing its job. Really changed lives? Yeah. Uh, hopefully. It's funny. I was watching, like, a video guy talking about, like... Um, I think he was like watching old um you ever seen like the dare program oh yeah that was when i was a kid that was like dare how, to say how, no how to bad drugs. that was yeah yeah he was like talking he was like uh, reacting like videos of like that and like yeah how bad that was so i thought that was kind of funny it's well, it was, actually a good time and i was watching that this week i saw someone talk about it too and it was it was pretty true it was basically like we were these little kids who knew nothing about drugs and then all these people came in and went this drug does this and th- like they were basically yeah it's like we went from knowing nothing to them just telling us and you it, know it was actually like proven to increase yeah cuz we weren't even aware of a lot of these things and then yeah. all, and it's not like we needed it's not like we needed to be because they weren't really in our community growing up in a rural community in southern Ontario with like 3,000 people. I'm pretty then, sure I didn't need to worry about like crack and heroin and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe thing, Maybe times have changed. And that, yeah. that like then I watched like another video that I, I watched a while before. But like because to so the one guy I watched, he was reacting to like um, Reddit confessions. Yeah. So it's like you, there's like a subreddit and people like just like confess. Yes. Weird stuff they've done. And so one it. of them was uh, I think uh, someone that had dare program come to their school and like they had to like write a, they wrote a whole thing about like anti-drug whatever mm-hmm. but they were like already like on, on drugs. stuff so <laughs> it was like and they like went to like uh presented like across yeah. like wherever so i thought that was kind of funny yeah too. well hi yeah <laughs> maybe who knows or like they, they're they already well into like doing stuff that yeah. they're talking about not doing yeah right so so it's a yeah. long weekend here in ontario as well it is. it is what victoria day weekend i don't know sure. if it's a long weekend in the states or not so we get monday off as a I holiday yeah why it's a thing i and, don't need it to be explained i don't i don't actually care. and your grandparents my parents are coming up tomorrow i'm also working but you work so you'll and only I'm see them for a little bit monday too and then your brothers uh big news for our podcast not that any listeners will notice is uh your brother's basketball schedule has changed permanently which is very nice for me so instead of uh we generally record this podcast. Oh, on I was confused what you're going for for a second. We generally record sense. this on Saturdays, and he's had Saturday practice from ten to twelve, mm-hmm. which has kind of made it difficult to us to maneuver for right. us to maneuver. But due to uh, venue change, he's now Sunday at six to eight at night, so frees up Saturdays for me and for us to do this. And we're going old school. We've got our booster juice is going to be delivered to us by your mom shortly. I'm trying a new one, some mocha one. I she was found. going to, and I was just like, I didn't feel like looking at the app. So I don't I know what like, the monthly. Nah. So you're going pineapple freeze again? Yeah, I like that one because it's like a good, it's a fruity one. Discussing our beverages like the first. I'm waiting dozen for them so. to. Um, I was hoping because it was nice yesterday they would have changed it, but I'm hoping they bring back that watermelon one because yeah. it was there last summer and the summer before that. So yeah, you enjoyed that. I, I, that one's. I love that one. It feels like a summery one. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they bring it, that back. It'll come as back. long as it's seasonal. That's that's good enough. 
Uh, and just thinking about what we're before we get into it, I don't think there's anything special on this week's show, right? We're basically no. uh, next week there we we got double or nothing, yeah. battleground and blood money. Do we need to preview any of those today? No, that's next all next weekend. So but I can, all I can like, do that all next week, all Sundays because we record um, Saturday, right? So I think the Saudi one Saturday, yeah, and then the NXT one and AW are on Sunday. So we'll be able to preview all of those on yeah. one forty nine. Looks I like I think I would actually. I'm. I've been telling you, I'm actually. I will actually want. I want to actually watch some yes. of the Saudi one. Just Me too. Like, and we try to avoid the Saudi shows. Yeah, but, but the the tag title match, like, not to get too much into it the next week, but like the tag title match looks awesome because mm-hmm. obviously Bloodline stuff. Um, Brock Cody could be interesting, but yep. although that's the least interesting of the three I want to see. And then particularly, I want to see Rollins win the belt. <laughs> I'm sure you and, do. Which is isn't he off filming movies man. or something? I don't know if that's he's in news, Captain America four. How excited are you? He's that's cool. He's like he. I think he's the side guy because he's part of the Serpent sure. Society. So yeah. Uh, but that's still kind of cool. That just kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah. I've heard they're kind of hesitant on him now because of that. They don't yeah. want another John Cena kind of thing. Sure. But I don't think that would happen. I feel like it'll be more like a Sasha Banks where it's like occasional little part in this Yeah, I don't universe, see it but as something crazy. like that, right? Yeah. It's like like Roman Reigns had a part in the one, the Fast and Furious spinoff that right. Rock was in. Exactly. And nothing really n- came of that. Not another peep from him since, right? right? So I don't know. That should be cool. And then also developments in AEW that we'll get to. Yeah, but I say we get to that stuff. So let's move into our first segment every week where we take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. Okay, ratings this week. You've got NXT averaging 564,000 viewers, which is down 6.2% and earned a 0.14 in the key demo, down pretty significantly at 17.7%. But again, they are going up against NBA playoffs, which is now in the Western Conference Finals, so probably even more people watching that than earlier rounds, and it was directly head-to-head with that this week. And then um, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 814,000 viewers, down 7.2%, earned a 0.28 in the key demo, down 12.5%, also up against NBA Conference Finals. But for them, it was the Eastern Conference between Boston and Miami. So stiff competition. Feels like Dynamite is a long ways away from consistently being around a million viewers, right? And then I think mm-hmm. we used to sort of say NXT's kind of good number was 700,000, which they're... Because they're not, they're not clocking a milli. They are not clocking a milli as you would say yeah, i remember i saw you two guys say that and it amuses me nice so clock a milli on that ratings for both down a little bit same competition as usual uh nba playoffs what do you have for us i did scramble and find some news nothing crazy but we'll mm-hmm. go through it all all right i gotta scroll all the way back up and scroll all right um yeah so there's some big there's some big news this week right there's uh the, the really big thing this week was that uh Liv morgan's injured and the, the I did tag titles too. are vacated. Right. Ooh. But I mean, it's fine because that division is so deep and stacked with mm-hmm. talent, right? To their so credit, though, they've been... They have built tr- a few teams. They've, they've been trying a little with Raquel and Liv. I mean, I don't really give a crap still, but they've been putting some effort into making that somewhat of a team. They have. And, but, have, have and you, now we get Raquel and Chassis. Have you heard what they're, what they're doing? What do you mean? So new champions. I've got because I had this too. I know the crown. They're going to be crowned. Crowned in two weeks. Yeah. Did you hear who's involved? No. So it's going to be Raquel Rodriguez and a mystery partner. Chotzi. Do you already know that for sure? I'm pretty sure. Not so mysterious. No. 
uh, taking on Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Woo! Bailey and Io, right. and Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green in a four-way match. Shayna, Shayna. Uh, who do you think wins that? Shayna. Really? Well, they were supposed know. to get the tag tiles, and then like whatever a, happened. To I want to say damage control, but they're. Nah. They're, I think they're teasing the split there. Yeah, I think so and, too. Like I don't. And I heard this Ronda's get getting there. time off soon, so that that's yeah. weird too. But and it's I don't, Ronda. I don't need her. Don't I want her. No want. I want Baszler to win because this of is course. about as good as she can do, apparently. So but I don't really love any of the teams. Um, so I, like I don't know. Baszler doesn't really matter to me. Uh, what else do I have here? This is getting into punk stuff, which I know you love, and I kind of have I two. I love it. Like the first one I got earlier in the week, and then I've got sort of is a this second related note. to the show. Uh, kind of, yes. Yeah. So okay, uh, you want me to do that then, and then sure, you piggyback off of that. Sure, let's do that. So the real big news would be the the announcement of AW Collision, right? Which will debut on June seventeenth. The worst kept secret in wrestling. Yeah, the worst kept secret. <laughs> eight p.m. Saturday, so at least it's not another weird slot. Yes. Other than the fact that it's on a Saturday, but yeah, whatever. Um, so, um, all the ones that mentioned that were mentioned as headliners in the press were. Uh, Hobbs, Thunder Rosa, Samoa Joe, Andrade, who's mm-hmm. been gone. I think he was injured. I right? think so. I did see that he's um, back from injury. Then the graphics have also shown House of Black, FTR, MJF, and Orange Cassidy. Um, FTR and Samoa Joe are particularly interesting to me because FTR noted friends and Punk. supporters of Punk, and Punk wants to work with Samoa Joe exactly. upon return. And then I thought Thunder Rosa also intrigues me too because. In theory, if this is the show where people who don't she, want to work with Punk she, she go punk. there, she's the she-punk, right? She, yeah. You could separate her from Baker and and uh, Hater and yes. whatever, right? Like, yep. I'm not sure, but that's kind of what I thought. You know, I, like, it, it isn't you know out I mean? of the realm of possibility. Right? It yes. seems like a similar kind of situation. It it's does. not as bad. It does. So, and then earlier in the week, I had one story saying that Warner Brothers Discovery, or WBD as it seems to be, as Tony shortened a lot. They're denying that Punk is affiliated with Collision. Which makes me happy. Claiming that he's, quote, not affiliated, uh, despite his name appearing in an email sent by Warner Brothers Discovery to the media. So they included his name in an email and then later said, no, no, no. So I don't know. Um, That's weird. And yes, it included Punk's name along with Andrade, Thunder Rosa, Miro, and some others. And then... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention Miro. On Wrestling Observer yesterday, Meltzer reported that Daly's Place has been contacted and that the show was originally intended to take place in Chicago, that being Collision. However, a dispute between CM Punk and AEW has put his return in question. So AEW has sort of made a backup plan and is looking to maybe move the show to Daly's place instead. So uh, this is not a video podcast. Jack is smiling over here. Happy with the prospect of CM Punk not showing back up in AEW. I'd be very... Very pleased about that. So it's hard to say uh, exactly what's going on there. To but... say I don't want him to come back is an understatement. Right. Um, I mean, I don't like him and I don't, but he does help the product, I guess, and the company. So, Well, it depends on how you want to define help the product. He does help it from a number standpoint. He does. But, and and he's think... capable of good matches and, and promos and... Yeah feuds and stuff he's just not my but i also guy. don't know anyone else who injures themselves jumping into a crowd that's true that's so, true i don't know i guess it's your turn it is um so i mean i would say money in the bank's one of our more um anticipated main roster attractions so. right it's, it's my big four and not Granted, survivor series they haven't done it justice correct most of the time lately i would say the last good one was biggie but theory was bought oh poor biggie uh otis remember he lost yes. it to Miz. 
And well, 2019 was Brock Lesnar. Remember when he just randomly prayed in the match and screwed Ali? Right. Imagine if Ali won that. That would have been cool. Anyways, um, so this year, they're, th- so I've seen a thing of who they're considering for this year's match. Okay. I, I, think I have not good. seen this. Um, so we have Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, uh, Bobby Lashley, Matt Riddle, Cody Rhodes, Gunther, Finn Balor, Chad Gable, and Edge. Um, I really like having Gable and Knight in there because I don't think they would win, but that seems like a good spotlight for them. But it's also Knight could win. It's actually, also but... people that they could debatably at least want to elevate. Like yeah. everybody in there is. I possible. personally think Balor is a really good potential winner out of that. I think if this whole we now love um, Damian Priest thing, this is an opportunity for that Maybe, as well, right? But like, because is I'm it too thinking, early for Cody to be back in the title scene and going after? I guess Cody could cash in on Roman technically right. and finish his story. <laughs> I could see it being Balor though, because I know tri- we know Triple H is high on him, yes. right? And in Judgment Day is still pretty hot, like yeah. Um, and he could cash in on Rollins for that title down the I, line. He, I would love for it to be. I Ballard. think heel L.A. Knight with that briefcase uh, could that, do He's some also good, good too. too. I think there's, I think like Cody Balor and L.A. Knight are solid that's, picks. Uh, I like that lineup actually. Um, yeah, I think Quite it's really good. Edge is like I don't love that, but I don't mind him being included either because he's experienced in ladder yeah. matches, so it's not even a horrible choice. Like I just don't want him to win. Pretty good line. He wouldn't win. There's no. I way. don't think so. But um, I think that is a nice line. Me too. I, like I actually don't mind that at all. Yeah. Uh, your boy Bray Wyatt. It sounds bad, but then as I read on it, doesn't sound quite as bad uh, as initially thought. That he is not listed on the company's internal roster. That he is like in what they're calling an unassigned category. That basically he's still employed and getting checks, but they have no, I guess, no plans for him mm-hmm. or whatever. But so included in that list as well, which is what makes it feel not so bad, is Tommaso Ciampa, Our truth Gable Stevenson, and Both Logan. Both of them are injured. And Logan Paul. And Logan Paul, that's weird. So he's active, and I think Ciampa, I'm suspecting he's coming back. because And they're playing I like... I think the, the way it is. Oh, and the network also is playing best of Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano stuff right now, which uh-huh. seems very conveniently timed, right? So I feel like he's coming back, which mm-hmm. is fine by me. So yeah, that's, I, think that's it, okay. I think it just means they don't have plans for Bray, that whatever they did have, they've sort of parked it for now with with um, Uncle howdy rowdy whatever yeah i'm gonna be honest i think i've soured on this gimmick because i think I, and that takes a lot for you because you were very on board the thing with him coming back was because the last thing he did was the fiend in the funhouse and to me that was an awesome concept and it was i the first bit of the funhouse was fantastic it feels it was, like his vision got bastardized by other people it did because it was like, was it was problem. layered with like the callbacks and all the easter eggs and like yes it felt like actually complex and like interesting kind of like the bloodline story but then it's like if the bloodline story got screwed up by vince and just went to crap because that's what happened and like it was always an interesting character but then they just they just killed it completely they burned it they brought it back it was creative and interesting and then vince got involved or whoever and made it sports entertainment yeah so like ever since like it's not been that i can i can't say i care as much because like that was honestly the best time for bray i think and then the icing on the cake for me is his matches aren't fantastic he had either. one match so you know <laughs> which I don't, was sponsored i don't i don't love the the magic and the spookiness and then not having great matches on top of it i don't really yeah. miss him to be honest mm-hmm. what do you got um more got money in the more. bankness okay um, not not particularly tied to the latter match but um roman reigns and solo versus the usos is being discussed for money in the bank 
Yeah, it'll be fun. Makes a lot of sense given the yeah. storyline trajectory right now, which it I, does. So I think that would be neato. That could be a good shaping up to be a good PLE, not pay per view. I almost said, how dare I? <laughs> you but dare. yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, what else do I have? We talked about uh, the LWO leading in merchandise sales, and they still are, however many weeks later. So it's Bad Bunny and the LWO continue to dominate merchandise sales. And I guess like they're still riding that momentum from Backlash, that match being, I mean, we liked it, but didn't love it as much yeah, as some the, people this, did. But anyways, it's a pretty okay match. So they are number one and number two spots for merchandise sellers this past week, um, according to WrestleNomics, which are affiliated with Post Wrestling over there. So I mean, moving lots of merchandise, which is good because I, I don't really I haven't been watching the product. I don't really know what the Latino world order is up to, but very successful merch sellers, at least, which is a mm. bit surprising to me. Uh, last one I had was AW Fight Forever reportedly set to release on June, June 27th. 27th. Um, but no official announcement yet. That's supposed to maybe come within the next week, but. And that seems to make sense because that's close to a whole bunch of collision and stuff like... That'll be right after Forbidden Door. Right. So when hopefully they're like hot, they're going to push this video game out. Kind of like how now WWE releases 2K around Mania. Exactly. Which I wish they would go back to releasing in October because it's like you have 23 come out in 22. Mm -hmm. Then it's like... Right. That made way more sense to me. And I don't hate this lot now because it's still a year, whatever, but... I don't know. I kind of wish like it was back to the old slot. Yeah. I, that just made a little more sense to me. Yeah. Um, my last story is Drew McIntyre is reportedly having a bit of a creative issue at this point. So initially he was out with a health issue, right? Or injury or something along those lines. But now we've got the Wrestling Observer reporting that it's become more of a creative issue with both sides and that Fightful is also saying that uh, McIntyre prefers to like have... He's hands-on. He wants to be involved in his creative process, as most of them do, but only a few of them actually are at the status where mm-hmm. they get to, mm-hmm. right? Um, so lately, they're saying that there's a lack of communication and that there's been several pitches for McIntyre to come back uh, and turn heel and that he's... I would love that. I guess he's sort of pushing back on that unless um, there's some big change there, right? That he's like, I'm willing to be a heel, but only if there's a really cool story or idea I miss, behind it. I miss... So, um scottish psychopath and not scottish warrior he one, one of those sounds cool and one of those does not yeah he works as as both fairly well oh so, yeah no um, i think his original babyface run like in 2020 was good. It just it, the timing was horrible yes. of course but i liked heel drew like when he came back and was aligned with ziggler and then yeah i, think, I mean his heel run also kind of got bogged down by being shane mcmahon's lackey correct but... <laughs> that doesn't help anyone no but um i i like him as a heel i remember he used to hit like the sickest claymores I, yeah that was my, that used to be my favorite thing it was like I remember one time um it was at so it was it was at the end of that feud with the shield in 2018 when uh he and ziggler were teaming with Strowman. Mm-hmm. they were like the dogs of war or something yeah, yeah they were uh and they had like a tag match on raw like a six man and um Strowman got mad at the end, like, and so he, he power slammed Ziggler, and then, like, uh, McIntyre had a sweet claymore, but he landed, like, jumping over Strowman, like, he hit it, and he went flying I over Strowman, too. I don't it's, It just looks sweet, and the way he landed after, too, and, like, I remember one time, also then, like, Strowman was standing at the end of the ramp, and McIntyre would just run down and claymore him. I vaguely like, remember that one. He just would hit sweet claymores. Heel McIntyre was sweet, 
Yeah, he's a a big asset for them because he's a huge guy that they want, right? In and he's terms of good. He's like especially for stature. their style. Like yes. he's one of the best ones. And they he have. works as a face and a heel. I don't know. Like he's never, I think, like absolutely amazing in either, but he's really good at mm-hmm. both. So yeah, I don't. We'll see really want him to go anywhere else because I think like he's just oh, kind of he perfect perfectly in there, yeah. WWE. I agree, especially now that he's like finally found his thing. Like yep. no more air guitaring and he's stuff a like WWE that. guy for mm-hmm. sure. It feels to me. And I didn't have it actually in my news, but I just remembered there was the thing about dancing and creative now, right? Yeah. Just to uh, kinda... for collision, I think. Yeah. Specifically. Think, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find it quick. Which it's... kind of makes me even more want to watch Collision because I I believe in Danielson. And, yeah, here it is. And by all accounts, if he's involved in creative, he's not. Yeah, it's for Collision. He's not doing it just for himself, right? He's involved to actually elevate people mm-hmm. and make things make sense so that could be awesome yeah you're telling me it's him will washington sanjay dutt and qt marshall yeah and then and says the latter do are heavy contributors so i think that's dutt and marshall uh then jerry lynn dean malenko and christopher daniels all have roles as well so yeah. that's cool. if it's danielson and will washington sort of heading that up that's i'm fairly confident they'll do a good job oh, and so con of course yeah of course always all right well I think that wraps up news, yeah? Tis. We'll move into our most in-depth review of the week, and that's taking a look at this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Now that our booster juice has arrived, you should tell me about Dynamite from Wednesday night. It has. Um, so we start off how I always want to start off. Which is with Wardlow coming to say words to my face. It's funny. My first note says, not my preferred start to the show. Where's Arn? <laughs> At least he wasn't here. Um, so he he says he wants to see Christian follow through with the promises he made last week and t- calls him out. Uh, Christian comes out with Luchasaurus. Um, they were arguing without mics. And then uh, Wardlow was kind of like, he had him in a chokehold and then Luchasaurus attacked. Christian got clotheslined and they teased a powerbomb, but he got Wardlow got low blowed. Luchasaurus grabbed a ladder from under the ring and, and put it in the corner. And um uh and Wardlow got choke slammed through the ladder, which looked pretty cool. It actually. did actually look good. It, it was a, that was a nice bend. Um and then Christian put kind of like flattened it out in the middle of the ring and hit a kill switch on there and then held the title, therefore he's not winning. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. But even though this was not my preferred start to the show. I actually liked this quite a bit. I liked, like you said, they um, sort of were arguing without microphones. So they were sort of picking up the dialogue on like the ring mics or whatever, which I like better. It feels more realistic. Yeah, they not... did that on SmackDown with Reigns too. Right. And I thought that was nice. When they're having like a private conversation, not through the microphones for everybody to hear. Remember it Roman Reigns better. did that like every match? Yes. Oh, he was just talking, talking the whole time. <laughs> it was like Jay White, but like even worse. And, I, and this kind of makes sense to me because Christian is like the savvy veteran heel who's one step ahead and like... It's like Wardlow's kind of the young hothead, right? And he's reacting the way Christian wants him to do, too. And it's like the numbers game catches up with them. So it's just Christian's one step ahead, right, of this kid, which I think makes a lot of sense. And I like that he's got his silent muscle in Luchasaurus with him. And I thought the use of the ladder in the beatdown made it look extra, extra vicious. So I actually liked this segment way more than I thought I would and didn't mind it starting the show at all, to be honest. Um. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't know why this needed to start the show because it feels like a perfectly fine mid-show segment mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like something that desperately needed to be at the top um christian's solid but i still don't care about ward though 
That being said, I really like the ladder spot. That was it. Looks cool. good. Yep. Uh, we then our I guess like our opener kind of ish. Yeah, first match. Anyways, um, Cassidy and Darby Allen versus Lee Moriarty and Large William felt random to me. I was wondering where it this was, came from. and I've I know that they they've been putting Cassidy and Darby Allen on a lot of the house shows. Okay. So I'm I feel like this they, is just them putting that. Someone on, TV. on commentary did mention that that they've mm-hmm. been pairing up at house shows. Probably Excalibur, I think. I don't know. Somebody seems, mentioned it. He seems it. to know things. He does know things, yeah. Um, Morrissey, like, had... He was, like... He got, like, uh, Darby in, like, a two-handed choke slam kind of thing. And he was just... And then he, like, just spun him around. Yeah. And then he dropped him down. That was really funny. Um, and you were literally saying uh, he can... Darby can make him look good. And then they, he just did that. Yeah, just was saying, like, oh, Big Bill's gonna love working with Darby. And he just, yeah, launched him, basically. That was really funny. Um, Darby made the tag, but the ref missed it, and he sent back to the apron after Cassidy was the face in peril for a while. That's, and I was like, that's a classic spot we don't see very often anymore. Like, the baby face tag doesn't get noticed mm-hmm. by the ref, right? Yeah, it's used pretty sparingly. It is. Um, Cassidy shoves Moriarty into Morrissey, and Darby on makes a hot tag, hit, gets a flurry in. Looked great, I thought. Mm-hmm. He looked really good there. Uh, tilt roll DT from Cassidy on Morrissey. Uh, Moriarty looked. Uh, he locks in a shoulder capture crossface or a Gargano escape, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. On Cassie, uh, he counters eventually into a pin for two. Uh, Cassie and Darby double team did a superplex to uh, Moriarty. Yeah, you were calling for the Tower of Doom, and they didn't give it to you. It Which looked, is weird. It that looked, looked like, like a premise, especially with how big Morrissey yeah, is. Yeah, like Bill actually being a believable to throw like three big, guys at once. Yeah, yeah, that makes way more sense. But did I, not happen. I guess. Um, Cassie hit Morrissey with the Stumdog Millionaire, and Darby followed with the Code Red, um, which looked kind of cool on Morrissey. It actually did look good, I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate when it's used as a finisher. That's just like, especially, um, if you're Sky Blue or Roxanne Perez or It's not Selena a very Vega. impactful I think, looking. Plus, I think, at, le- at the very least, Darby Holland does it much better than they do. I do like that it leads directly into the pinfall, but it's not quite enough impact for me to no, believe that it's pinning I think people. if anyone's going to do it, it should be Darby, but even then, I wouldn't want him to yeah, do it. That's makes But sense. I just don't think when, like, um, any of, like, the female people How dare do you it. disparage Sky-, Sky Blue in my house, okay? Remember, she has the weird setup for it, though? Yes. So that's even worse. I know. Uh, there was a beach break to Moriarty, um, so then Cassie took out Morrissey, who was on the apron with an orange punch, then Darby hits Moriarty with a coffin drop, then he pinned, he got him up and pinned him with a side headlock takeover. While, like, sort of staring down towards, I don't know, MJF wasn't there, but, like, yes, sending a message to MJF, I guess. Um, so, yeah, obviously no story and no stakes really behind this, but I quite enjoyed this match. I thought... Allen and Cassidy are an interesting team that I guess they've been working on house shows and whatnot. I thought Big Bill played his role really well. We were talking about it like, for me, this is how you use Big Bill. You put him in a tag team as the monster. Um, You can sort of limit his time in the ring. He can come in and dominate for a little bit and not have to do a 15-minute match by himself or whatever. So I thought this is a good role for him. Moriarty got a little bit of time to shine as well. I thought there was really good pace to this. And it got more time and was more competitive than I expected, but I actually thought it was really fun. And the headlock takeover finish is a nice touch by Alan too. So I actually, um, this over-delivered for me. I obviously would have preferred some sort of story behind it, but I thought the match itself was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was solid. It was a fun enough opener. The random, the randomness of it, it's a little off-putting, but the match itself was pretty serviceable, so it's not really worth complaining about. Um, and like, I liked So it. yeah, I heard like, they were teaming on the house show circuit, so it makes sense they want to 
put it here because apparently it's a good combo and i think it did work pretty solid um the move sets work well in tandem and they're both popular uh morrissey and moriarty both play their parts well and made for good foils here um i like the finish with the nod to mjf um and in fairness i think uh jungle boy is a random match with Rouge and sammy is a random squash so i guess all the pillars got random That's matches true. this week like if you want to yeah it like that uh next we get young bucks getting beat up by Blackpool in the parking lot as they come in because parking lots, it's a plague that's spreading across. It's interpromotional now. My uh, only note, stay out of wrestling parking lots, people. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. I mean, they did have luggage, so that's how you know Blackpool are heels. They didn't follow the cardinal rule of parking lots. Belts Belts or luggage. or luggage, you can't beat them up. That's right. But I get they did it anyways. Um, Claudio sent Nick on a car because he's a big, strong boy. Not that guy, though. Uh, and Matt gets his injured arm bashed on it by Yuta, and Mox says they'll never win this game. He says to the camera, they are the elite in this business and the only elite in this Foreshadow. business. Foreshadow, right? So looking back, that's a nice little tease there. Um, yeah, I, BCC is a violent faction, more of the same, so I had no problem with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was just a little bit, again, making them seem like cool bullies. Yep. And I like it. Me too. Next, we got to check up on Wardlow. This is another Renee-heavy show. All my notes are Renee was someone. Yeah. Renee was someone. <laughs> and she went with Orange Cassie twice. <laughs> right. Um. Uh. So Arn Anderson comes in. He's mad that he wasn't out there. Arn asks Wardlow what he's prepared to do. Wardlow's going to beat Christian in his own game. Ladder match, double nothing. That's fine. Um. Not the most exciting ladder match that ever exists, but it bolsters this feud a bit, I guess. But And so is it... Is it bad that I kind of would rather Christian win? I, would I don't too. think he would, but I, do, I, I, agree. I would rather him win. So I think, again, part of the reason I like this is that Christian has manipulated Wardlow, A, into a title match, and B, into one of Christian's specialty match stipulations, right? And so Arn, to me, is not doing a good job of mentoring this kid, although I assume the story may be going because the idea was that Arn's there to make Wardlow more aggressive and more willing to get his hands dirty or whatever so i wonder if he's gonna have to do some big sort of violent or or maybe a lot of matches getting his hands dirty i, I guess i don't know but at the end of the day again you've got the savvy veteran christian has now talked this kid wardlow into putting up his title in a match that favors christian so i kind of like that thread, that that's right? cool yeah when you so and that. but i guess like arn is adding nothing since um joining wardlow because he's still falling into christian's i could have told you that right when they joined fair enough so I, I don't mind uh, the way this is going. Mm-hmm. Again, Wardlow's not my favorite either, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. Um, next, we get an Orange Cassie interview. Uh, and so Renee is talking about him getting jumped by Kyle Fletcher and how he wants a title shot. And Cassie says a lot a lot of people want a shot at him. And if they want a shot at him at double or nothing, they got to talk to Tony Khan and he'll fight them all. Um, obviously, I smell some sort of multi-man brewing. Yes. Should be fun, I hope. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, again, this story of he'll fight anyone, anytime that's really working for him, right? And uh, he's one of the MVPs of this company right now, I would suggest, mm-hmm. to be honest, especially on the babyface side. So it's this story, like, of him constantly picking up new injuries or whatever every week, but continuing to fight. Really simple story, but I, I think it's really effective. And I did see something, I didn't put it in news, that um, Fletcher is, like, battling an illness, and maybe they've put a pin in him sort of He's coming in there. Cassie next week. Oh, he is? 
Yeah. Okay, so then he'll be back. But yeah, this fits uh, Cassidy's really simple but effective story that he keeps fighting, he keeps battling more and more injuries, and he keeps winning. So I think this mm -hmm. is working really well. Mm -hmm. And so then Fletcher next week means he's not in the multi-man, which is, uh, I was wondering if he would be in that, but I guess he'll get his own shot, and then right. Kyle Fletcher will defend the title at Dumb or Nothing. I'm interested in seeing Fletcher as a single, to be honest. Yeah. I think he's cool. I mean, I want to see that, but I also don't care because I like Aussie Open. I love Aussie Open. Yeah. They're, Aussie like Open one of, they're one of my favorite tag fantastic. teams. Fantastic. They are. Uh, next week, it's Sammy Guevara, Guevara versus Exodus Prime. No, new this, name, this, bud. This should have been uh, Transformers-sponsored. Uh, I like to be supportive of people and not question their choices, but Exodus Prime as a name does not work for me. I don't know. It's, it's strange. Uh, knee strike DTH match over. Yep. He's, if this is his prime, then I don't want to see what's him in a, in, a, <laughs> right. in a bad year. Exodus less than prime. is. Yeah. Oh, he should. Oh, or he should work with Logan Paul. He, prime. Yes. Oh, right. I see what you did there. Um, prime reference. So then Sam McGuire talks after he says he remembers wrestling the Indies up and down Texas because they're in Texas. Baby face move. Uh, -huh. uh all of it brought him here i mean who he is today another babyface line he's made a lot of mistakes but it ta takes a few wrong turns to get to the right place sometimes babyface line again 100 percent. that right place is las vegas double nothing he listens to his heart babyface which tells him he'll be the new aw world champion babyface yeah so like it used to be like oh he's leaning into it but I, he is a babyface now i guess like he's not part of jazz or, like it's going to be interesting to see what they do after this. They have to be done. working something here, because I think he's actually kind of effective as as a babyface. And he you, was, and then it fizzled out, and then they did the crappy thing with Time Mello. And, and I think that's the key: is he has to be not on TV with with his wife, unfortunately, because as soon as she's there, people hate them for whatever reason. I don't know. It was because of the whole Pam thing. Yeah, but I think this is working for him. Like he's yeah. kind of working as a baby. I liked face. it. I thought it sounded really good and but it was just incredibly babyface and like It is. There has to be some sort of like I feel like there has to be some sort of angle here cuz it's like I it's do too. such a weird random turn. There has to be something else yeah. here. And it's every week now. Is he's, he trying to like coerce maybe them and like I don't know. But it it's feels weird. like he's just straight up a baby face, right? So yeah. I don't know. I guess I but guess I don't know why. That's part of what's interesting here. I still like the whole pillars thing. So yeah, I thought mm -hmm. this was fine. Uh next we get a quick uh four pillars promo package. Excalibur was recapping the all their history since the beginning of AEW, how they're all connected. Uh, and then we got sound bites from previous segments as it closes out. Super and, pillar heavy show. Yeah, this, it, this was solid. It Which was, I don't care. I thought this like it was really good because it may be helpful for people who have forgotten or haven't watched since the beginning yep. and need to understand this. And like to me, it helps to highlight what's so cool about this match because like it's easy like to put a four talented guys in a four way and have like a great match. But the history and the fact that they're, they're, this is the future AW's building right. makes the match cooler, yep. right? So I like them kind of like highlighting that, and then it's helpful for anyone who needs yeah, to Yeah, anyone know. new, right? Because you're hope, always hopeful you picked up new viewers, so you may as mm -hmm. well spend whatever this was, 60 seconds on filling right, them like in. Like the Moxley Omega package the other week. Like right. That's helpful for anyone who needs to know. Yeah, I thought this was cool mm -hmm. as well. Uh, next, we get Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal again. Huh. We have to. Uh, so they walk out. Uh, and Lethal begins to speak, but then FDR just pushed Satnam saying off the stage through some tables, so that was kind of funny. Because I guess you got to get rid of him, right? Yeah. So that's the way to do it. And then there was a brawl. Um, Cash beats Jarrett with a chair. Meanwhile, Dax thinks he's facing Lethal in a tuxedo match. Oh, I said like evening gown match. 
<laughs> it's like Dax rips off lethal skulls. That's for like the women, okay. This is a tuxedo. It's 2023. Okay, anyone can wear an evening gown <laughs> right. if they want to. They should have a hardcore evening gown. Match. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, lethal gets taken out after they look for a smash contraption on Jared, but oh my god, it's Karen Jared. Like, in, sorry, what year is it again? Twenty twenty three. Oh my bad. Although my I will mistake. say, when she showed up in what was it, Impact, she I thought she was a super good heel character, honestly. She was very, like, the crowd was easy to hate her. I thought she did a really good job because, for me, she came out of nowhere as a non-wrestling person, personality, and I thought she did a really good job. That being said, do, I have, do I have interest in her in 2023 with Jeff Jarrett? No, not at all. <laughs> no. I've seen, like, people saying, like, Jeff Jarrett's been a big success since he's come out. Like, I've, I disagree. I, th- I think people like it. I don't know. I think we're just not, like, nostalgia chip. We don't really are... I don't really have that. Like, I don't want to see people I watched 25 years ago. I would, um, but, like, don't... it's different. Like, it, like a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, that would hit me nostalgia, because, like, that yes. would be awesome. But they're also, guess what? They're not old. And they're still prime. They're, they're not still prime. They're not old, right? I don't want, like... And, like, if Jeff Jarrett showed up at the indie show we're at on Friday, I'd be like, that's really cool. But watching him on national TV week yeah. after week is not what I want. That's yeah, all. I don't, like, a cameo is fine. Right. But, like... Like, Savio Vega, he's not coming back for no. another run. No. <laughs> like, How dare you? It's, <laughs> he but could. Like, he's probably, is he, he looks older than Jarrett. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I think uh, that might just because Jarrett's in better shape. It might be. Like, I don't... Well, now I want to know. I don't know. Now I want to know. Savio okay. Vega is 58 years old. And what okay. did we say about Jeff Jarrett? I forget. I he, know I've looked it up before. Like, I think he's 50. I think he's younger. I think he's I think in early he's... 50s. He's 55. Okay, so, so not that close. much. Okay, and Billy Gunn is fifty nine. He's older than both of them. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Billy Gunn's pretty good. Karen Jared is fifty. Jericho's fifty two. Jericho's fifty two. Correct. Wow, Jericho's yeah. old. Jericho is old. Billy Gunn, like, I mean, I don't love him, but he, for pushing sixty, he's definitely looking yeah. better than Sting is. Like. Jericho was born in nineteen seventy. Interesting. Oh, so yeah, you're seven years younger. Yeah. Okay. I am to... seven years younger. Thank Christopher Jericho. That's correct. Sorry, we uh, digressed there as we <laughs> se- yeah. tend to do um, sometimes. So then, yeah, Kieran Jarrett low blowed him, uh, load blowed Cash, and then Dax got hit with a stroke. Not he didn't as have a do. stroke. He no Jeff Jarrett hit him with a stroke. Just the Dax is fine. He did not. Just to clarify. Right. Uh, Singh comes back in and hits FDR with a double choke slam. And FDR get hit with stereo guitar shots from Lethal and Jarrett. Uh, so this is fine. I still don't care about this feud. Just I didn't love this because it didn't feel like it. Like as much as I don't like the feud, this didn't feel like it moved anything along either. And with Mark Briscoe being such a supposedly integral part of this, boy was he absent. Like he's literally the guest referee for their match, and he was just absent. I didn't here. even think of that in the moment. But um, right. And also they had guitars labeled for Dax and Cash. They, they used them on the opposite guy. <laughs> They did. So dumb heels exist too. Again, I wouldn't have noticed, but you being the I detail did. man, you definitely. I, did. I'm almost positive they used it wrong, oh, I and I, I noticed because like they're like they they made a point. It was like um at War Games when uh, McAfee and, and his crew had tables for each right. of the air, but I'm pretty sure they did the right people unless the heels got put through. But they did it wrong here. Um, Dax trying to strip Lethal was amusing, but uh, the rest of this didn't feel all that important to me at all. No, I'm not a fan of Jared, and I don't need to see his wife either at this point. But it kind of felt like a classic pro wrestling segment, so I didn't really mind it. And it ended with some pretty satisfying guitar shots, right? You got the heel standing tall here at the end, which I think 
further indicates FTR retains here, right? You don't generally have the champions getting um, dominated in every facet. So I assume this means FTR is going to win. But I didn't mind the segment. It's just kind of an old school. Makes sense with Jared, I guess. So I thought it was fine. Didn't bother me as much as some stuff Jared can do. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we get a Darby Allen interview. So Renee, with Renee. Yeah, <laughs> Renee was interviewing him and then asking him if that was a message to MGF. Yes, it was. Uh, and he says the match is their biggest in their careers. And Tammy comes in and says he respects Darby and he won't lay down for Max. One of them needs to take the tail off of that prick. Um, Darius Salt here. He didn't say a whole lot. And then again, Guevara's incredibly babyface. Yes. If, if this is serious, he can't still be a heel. No. But then I, there has to be some sort of angle that just feels so natural. I don't... Like, there has to be some... He has to be, like... There has to be a reason he's doing this. Because, like, it, it's so weird if it's just a random turn. Yes, because we've been given no reason, right? It's just... I, unless it's... I, I, Usually AEW is more detail oriented than just well. Hopefully, after six weeks of babyface promos, people just forget and assume he's a like. They don't usually do stuff like that, no. right? So, I agree, but I do like this dynamic. Then it's among the three challengers that it's anybody but MJF, right? Like it's basically like, of course I want it to be me, but if it can't be me, I don't want it to be him. So I kind of like that being added mm-hmm. to this as for if sure. If Guevara is working an angle, I don't know what it would be. That's, I don't either. That's the funny thing. But, like, I feel like there ha- it's something up with this. It seems like it. Because when all of this feud is done, what does he do? Right? Like, he has to acknowledge that he was with Jass, right? He can't just... I don't think... They're not one to just leave loose ends there and assume all oh, our fans are stupid and they'll just forget. Like, they don't do that generally. Mm-hmm. So there must be something in the works. I agree. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. Uh, next, we got Baker and Shia versus Storm and Soho. Uh, it was supposed to be a six-woman tag, but Hater's injured. So her and Soraya are... Taken out of the equation. I love Hater, but if that means I don't have to watch Soraya, that's a reasonable trade-off, I uh, guess, and, right? And she does fine. And the crowd was very into this match. And I, I this is where I kind of noted they've been pretty good all night, but very much into this match, too, mm-hmm. which helps. Uh, she just duplexed Soho in the turnbuckles, and Storm was seated in the corner, so she took a hit, too. Uh, Storm hit a hip attack to knock Baker off the apron. Sheeta got a hot tag flurry. Uh, there's a jumping knee strike to Soho for two. Riot kick from Soho to Baker. Uh, Baker counter storms you know, in into an air raid crash, and, hit, and she had a curb stomp. Uh, then the finish came when Saray distracted the ref and slips from a spray paint can. She sprays Baker in the face and hits a storm zero for the win. That's the perfect like combo there, because she spray paint her fast, and how fast she does a storm zero, you can easily get that in behind the ref's back. The, and it's something about like that the storm zero being hit so quick makes it so much cooler than a normal pile driver, where you like set up and stand and like. Because she just hits it really suddenly. Right, you have really no time good. to think about it. Yeah, I I, um, I thought there was solid action in this. I don't think it was bad, but it's just not feeling fresh, right? It just feels like it's... I know you've added Sheeta in, so it's super different now, I guess. But, like, it's the same people in the same combinations doing the same sort of stuff. But I do think the this match was actually um, pretty good. It's just the story, it just continues, and it's not super interesting to me. And it's kind of absorbing all of the women that i enjoy in this company right that are around at least um Mm -hmm. and it's just they're just doing this every week every week every week and it doesn't really seem to be going anywhere so Mm -hmm. match was fine everything around it don't really care still i agree i thought the match was fine it felt like a standards women standard women's tag which once again fell a little short um felt like a typical 
typical outcast match as well. Uh, they get another cheap win. It was okay, but didn't really do anybody any favors. It made little to no difference in the, the unfortunately still ongoing feud. This is the only thing going on in the women's division, right? Like this and Jade keeps winning and that's it. That's like all the time and energy they have for the mm -hmm. women's division, which is too bad. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what I would do differently, but I would do something differently. Mm. I'll say that. Um, next, we got another Orange Cassidy interview with Renee again. Yep. She tells them that 20 people went in to talk to Tony Khan for a title shot. At least they're keeping track. Mm -hmm. And Cassidy What a says nice he'll round number. Yeah. Eh? He'll take them all. And since it's him and 20 guys, which makes it 21 at double or nothing, and then Vegas, he, su he suggests the Black the Black Blackpool, God damn it. Uh, Black Jack Battle Royal for the international title. Um, I think that's a solid route to go. Um, I wonder if we'll still get... I don't think we'll get a Casino Royale, but I wonder if we'd still get a Casino Ladder match. Because mm -hmm. we typically get that at Double or Nothing, and I would be kind of annoyed if they moved that away. Um, or if this is like the complete multi-man replacement for both. I think this will be a fun match, but I still would like the Casino match. But then there's a, the Wardlow match. I don't... I'm worried we're not getting that. Yeah. That, that kind of sucks. It feels like we might not. I... So obviously this scenario is contrived, right? Like 20 people perfectly went in. But it really, again, fits the storyline that he is just taking on everybody. So now even though he's not healthy, you know, his hand, his leg, his whatever else, he's going to take on 20 people in a battle royal, which battle royals aren't my favorite. But I assume Cassidy wins here. You? Depends on who they put in it. I guess, but I I'd don't... like to see some confirmation in the field to give me a feel out of what yeah. the plan is here. I could see him losing it though. It's been a while, and I feel like this could be like the and because it's just too many injuries and too much. I could see him making yeah. it to the end, and then yeah, like that's how Dean Ambrose lost the U.S. title that he held for like right. he's, he's got the longest WWE run, I think. Yeah, um, and he like it was after the Shield turned on the Authority, and so like uh, Triple H stacked the deck against him. I think like. He had like a match or something. He defended against the battle and he made it to the last two, but then Sheamus won it. And so I could see them doing that, and it, you're would, right. it would work better in this storyline, I think. And if they've decided that Cassidy is a super valuable babyface, this is also, they could elevate him further, right? And then be like, he never actually lost in a singles match or whatever. So losing a championship in a battle royal is sort of protecting him, I and guess. And that's a bit. not something that you see a lot. No. So, um,. I'm interested. It, it's it fits the story he's telling, so I have no problem with it. Despite not generally loving battle royals, but I'll give it a chance for sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, next, there was the collision announcement from Tony Khan, which we already talked about in the news. But uh, awkward fellow, he is so awkward, just it's, standing it's, it's perfectly nice. motionless, and you were like making sure he was blinking at one point. Um, but yeah, he did his thing, and it's what we knew. Collision is coming. Mm -hmm. So that's neato. Mm -hmm. Um, has I I think yeah, dark is done right. Like I'm dark seen, and elevation are done. They are gone. Yep. Right. I was just like wondering that. I think that had happened already. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, next we get Roddy Strong versus apparently 52 year old Chris Jericho. It is um, 52 year old. Well, Chris Jericho. Then I'm good for him if he's 52 Agreed. and he's looking like that. Good, good for him. Yep. Like I would have pegged him at like a late 40s at most. Yep. Like, all right, good, good for him. And that, late 40s, as we all know, is your prime, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Come on, support no. me in uh -uh. my prime. Mm -mm. You're like mid 40s. True. So I'd say, like, appreciate that. What, like, mid 30s is your cap off at your well, prime? Well, they say right? athletic prime's around like 27 ish. Yeah, so early, late 20s. Early 30s or something. Yeah. Which you definitely are. I am definitely that. Shaking my head. Mm hmm. 
Um, so strong attacks right after the song ends. Uh, he goes with some chops and the, the back and forth running forearms because he's the stamina dude. And so many chops. I yeah. I just love Roddy's style. I don't. I don't even know like. He's just one he of just those guys. Needs to be interesting. Yes, exactly. He just in needs ring, to be he is super awesome. It's just everything else that mm-hmm. needs some help sometimes. That's why I love him on the speed era because he could just be healed. Right. Just kind of work the make hard. Like I He's wish a he was workhorse of a fact of a fact. I wish right? uh, he was North American champion longer. Yeah. Because that was a all the belts was cool. B I just think he he deserves some bigger matches like that. Yeah. Um. But so Jericho's jacket was stuck on him for a bit. Uh, then there was some chops exchanged. A lot um, of chops. More chops exchanged. Strong gets close on out of the ring. He got up on the apron. Jericho turned there, got dropped on there uh, for a two count back in the ring. Um, and it, his falls came anywhere, so I don't... That's and weird. they were trying to explain, like, because... Oh, outside the ring, sorry. They're brawling outside, and then they go back in the ring, and they tried to... The commentary were trying really hard, and it didn't do a bad job of explaining like, oh, this is smart by Jericho, right? Because this is where he has control and he knows what's going on and you maybe don't want to go outside the ring, blah, blah, blah. Just because you can. Right. Um, back in the ring, Strong blocked a codebreaker. Jericho blocked a gutbuster attempt. He locked in the walls. Strong got a rope break. What? Yeah, that bothered you. That, falls dumb. count almost anywhere. Right, like it's false <laughs> count anywhere. It's a no DQ match. I don't want to see any rope breaks right. there. Like that's like... Having like an extreme rules match or like like a last man standing match and you get like a no that doesn't doesn't make sense but like the rules are different but like like it'd be like having like you have like a death match or something and then you lock in a submission and it's like oh and like you get a rope break it'd be funny if like um I just thought of it like if um you, Moxley like put Omega in a submission in the exploding match and he gets a rope break but then like mm-hmm. the ropes would explode nice yeah uh, <laughs> that just that sounded funny to me. Um, so they're walking up the steps in the crowd, uh, and they're and Jericho pops it strong with a sign. Uh, strong clap back, dropped Jericho throat first on the railing. You were you uh, remembered the Sasha Banks and Charlotte spot? From yeah, I was like, what move was it? Oh yeah, the bank yeah, statement that, that in the cool, railing because Charlotte's awesome. like, so it was like bending back mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, uh, Jericho, wait, so no, not there. Uh, so they continue walking up the step, up the steps, uh, more forearms and chops. Um, so they're back, more backstage now. Jericho suplex strong through a table. I think that was for two. Strong caught back, back suplex him on a counter. And you remember there was like the glass I bit. That would have been cool. The glass part, been, yeah. It was a little too small. If it, it was, was. Like a little bit, that would have been cool if they could have done that. Yeah. Um, Jericho got a piece of staging and bashes strong with it. Um, now they're in a stairwell and then they went to like this kind of high platform and they were chopping each other there. Um, so I thought that was really cool just because it was different, mm-hmm. I felt like. It was. Um, Jericho hit like a, some sort of running strike on there for two. Like it, You can't really do much there, but like they tried a bit. Um, they left there. Uh, Jericho got a chair. Strong was throwing some kitchen utensils at him, hit some chops. Um, Strong was on the back pedal. They were going outside the arena. Then, oh, Adam Cole shows up. Uh, he attacked Jericho into this greenery area, hit a last shot, and then Roddy hit a knee for the win. Yeah. Um, I quite like this, and... It's weird because I don't love like brawling all over the place matches, but I thought this one was really fun. First of all, we got some time in the ring, like actual wrestling, and I really enjoy Roddy in the ring. So that was cool, too. And then part of what I liked about the brawl is almost every location they went, the crowd was there, right? Like there were people there cheering and yelling and screaming other than when they were on that little platform Mm. in the stairwell. There's there's people. So I think that really helped out instead of just the sounds of them punching each other over and over, right? Because there's not a lot you can do brawling. Then they mixed in a few cool spots with the brawling. So I was pretty entertained by this. And then the finish involving 
Adam Cole makes a lot of sense to me too, um, because you get Roderick Strong getting a big win in his debut, right? Um, Jericho can take that loss no problem. It doesn't really hurt him, and he only lost because of interference from Adam Cole, right? So you can sort of um, protect Jericho that way. And it also makes sense because Cole is obsessed with Jericho for what he did had done to Cole's wife, mm -hmm. right? So it furthers their feud and helps Roddy. So I thought uh, entertaining Brawl, and I'm not a Brawl fan, but I like this, and I think it sort of furthered the storyline in a, in a logical way as well between Jericho and Cole. So I liked it quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was like it was solid for the most part, but I like that they went to some different spots. Like Me it too. felt kind of different. It was fun. Um, out, going outside in the stairwell, thought um, thought felt different. And then um, the finish was clever too. I thought that worked well. Like not in the arena, so like that worked for that. And I I saw like I think that people think that they're I think they're leading to an unsanctioned match. Yes, they are. That I make sense. think I even saw it was announced. Given. Given like I, that might have been why, but I don't know. I just saw in like a review, yeah, um, of Rampage, yeah, because they had a brawl or something. Uh, next we get Roosh versus Jungle Boy. Um, so Jungle Boy got busted open on the outside by Roosh because that's what Roosh does, that and I I don't know does. if everyone likes it, but I love it. Like Roosh, he is going out to the floor and he's gonna run you into barricades and choke you with a cable if he mm -hmm. can. Like it's just what he does, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Um. You gotta find my spot. Uh, there's a flurry of chops and then a thrust kick to the gut from Jungle Boy. Uh, he hit the ropes, but Roosh connected with a jumping knee strike. Uh, there's an avalanche hurricane runner from Jungle Boy. Um, Jungle Boy locks in the snare trap, but Roosh is able to crawl to the ropes. Uh, there's a chop exchange on the apron. Uh, Roosh hits an overhead belly to belly, throwing Jungle Boy off the apron, and he landed high. He did. Um, uh, then the finish came when Juice, uh, or why did I say Juice Jungle Boy? <laughs> Uh, roll, he rolled up Roosh with a handful of trunks as payback because there was cheating. And Darby Allen tried to make the save from an LFI attack, but he got choked with a cable. Then Guevara made the save again. Like, what is with Guevara tonight? Yeah. Um, I think Roosh was a really smart choice here for Jungle Boy just because Roosh is such a violent, dastardly heel, right? And it really magnifies Jungle Boy being that um, baby face, resilient guy and more, even more sympathetic than usual. I like the match. My complaint would be the finish. I don't think, and believe me, I love Roosh, but I don't think Jungle Boy, he should have done something stronger than just a roll up with a grab of the tights, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, leading into a championship match, that's what he needed to do to beat Roosh um, is not the strongest booking, I don't think, but I enjoyed the match. I'm a big Roosh fan. I feel like there's something about, like, he feels like he's assaulting his opponents rather than wrestling them. You know what I mean? It's just like he's extra violent and whatever and i i really like it as for the brawl afterwards i am enjoying the dynamic between the three pillar challengers right they they know they can't all have the top spot but um, as long as it's not it's one of them and right. obviously none of them are winning but that's not their fault i think they're doing a good job no they're like the it's, it's believable yeah i liked it i think i wouldn't blame someone for like if you wanted to believe they would win then yeah it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility just i don't think it's the leading yeah candidate and i'm always happy results. to see roosh so i thought this was a really smart yeah. use of him yeah that's why i said always oh, nice to see roosh a lot of heavy strikes in this one like the false game where match just like when getting our chops in this week mm -hmm. i guess um roosh of course was chained the whole time which worked into the finish with jungle boy getting one over on him with an underhanded tactic tactic of his own uh the belly to belly spot on the apron was nasty but also cool at the same time like he, bar was. he barely got yes. out of that safely but that was nice 
uh, Guevara. Yeah, we both were like, whoa! Yeah, like at the exact yeah. same time, yeah. Um, Guevara making the save was weird because, again, it's, it's so beefy. Like, he's got to be working some angle. Yes. Maybe it's just so that they're all against MJF or Sammy's working something. Like, I don't know. I feel like something's... It's so weird. Or maybe he is going to help MJF at the end of yeah, the day. Like, I don't but know. But, like, that would be like, that would be weird, too. It would. Like, I don't, I don't but at that. least it's some intrigue, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Um... Then probably one of my favorite segments of the night, which is weird, but uh, MJF interview. Um, Renee asked him how he's feeling about the four-way match with it almost a week away, and then he doesn't have to be defeated. He just smacks, we both laughed just at smacks the mic out of her hand, stares at her for a second, and walks away. So that, that was funny. I saw that this is not how this was supposed to go, that this was a last-minute audible, and that other people were supposed to be involved. I forget if it was the Pillars again, and that... Uh, Britt Baker was supposed to show up and she's the one that's supposed to be teasing that Cole is the next challenger basically after the pillars and that they changed it to this I can't remember why oh that's what you're okay right that everybody was supposed to say something and then she was supposed to say something about Adam Cole baby sort of hinting that once this is done but maybe they felt like that's telegraphing an MJF retaining right which mm-hmm. I think we all think. Well, is yeah, but we don't. Need, I I think I I like this a lot better. Yeah, I thought this was very <laughs> funny, right? And just Renee's face was good, and I yeah, like her reaction was just perfect. And MJ, well, just, and just like, you expect such a wordy guy who cuts amazing long long promos yeah, every yeah. week, just smacks the mic out of her hand. It's yeah, a perfect I, contrast I thought, to what he usually does. I thought it was quite funny too. Mm-hmm. That that was it was it was perfect. Uh, next we got Tony more Storm Renee. Interview. It's just crazy. She, she got her microphone back. She got, I hope she got paid by the hour this week or by <laughs> yeah. the word or whatever. Yeah, pay, paid by the minute or something. Yeah. Uh, Storm talked about her four wins in five days. That's got to be including house shows because that's just a big BS number there. I agree. That's, it, it'll come into my analysis a little bit there. Yeah, I, don't I thought really. that was strange. Uh, uh, it's just weird. Um, and she says hater isn't saying records like that. And she didn't even show up. She says she's completely different from before. She challenges she challenges Hater to a title match at double or nothing. This is fine, I guess, but I don't care. She tried really hard here. I don't think it was her worst promo. I don't think it was amazing. But I, I found it kind of strange. It's her just kind of going, by the way, I've won some matches this week somewhere that you guys are not aware of and nobody saw them. And now I'm just booking myself in a title match, right? Like... We were making fun of this in NXT um, a while ago, right? Like, everybody's just making their own matches. And so I have to call that out here, too, right? Why does she have the power to say, I'm now facing you for the title? Like, why aren't other people doing that every time they win a couple matches, right? So, and I think, again, this is just a problem with the women's division. There isn't really anybody to challenge Hater. You're only focusing on the outcast. So you have to, like, run it back with Tony Storm. So it doesn't feel fresh to me. The match might be okay, but, like... I feel like it's kind of lazy, right? It like, is, They're yeah. not doing anything else outside and of this. Hence why I don't care. Yeah, I don't really care either. The match might be fine. Mm-hmm. I think she, Renee should just smack the microphone under her hands. <laughs> Maybe. Um, next, we get Ricardo Starks versus King Switch. Yep, we do. Um, so uh, White went outside the ring. Starks chased him, gets stomped for his troubles. Uh, White hit Dragon Screw later on. Ricky fought back with some punches. Uh, White hit a side slam for a two count. A big close-in from Starks. There was an elbow in the corner. Uh, Tornado DT was blocked, but Starks hit an overhead suplex, then hit the Tornado DT for two. White hit headbutt to the abs and hit DDT. Uh, White hit White elbowed Starks in the corner, dropped him on the top rope like a suplex drop. Uh, Starks, a uh, small package inside Cradle for two. 
Uh, swing neckbreaker from Starks. He had a snow plow for two. Uh, Starks and White were reversing each other's finishers. That was kind of cool. Uh, then, but then Starks did connect with a spear. Rochambeau got blocked. Juice tried to hit him with the chair, but missed. Then Ricky doesn't, and he hit JY with that, so that got a rare DQ finish there. Very rare, although it's the second one in a few weeks, I think, right? AEW doesn't... There was one, because I remember saying that they almost It was Darby never, and Sammy. Yeah, that yeah. they almost never do it. I thought this was another good match on an episode with a lot of good matches, I'm happy to say. Um, a couple had lackluster finishes, Jungle Boys, and I think this one too, in a way. I just think Jay White is a really good heel, and he's perfect for someone like Starks to play off of. I thought Starks looked really quick, hit some really cool offense, and the crowd really got behind a couple of his near falls there. And again, really rare DQ finish in AEW, so it makes it a little more meaningful and a little more palatable for me. Um, yeah, it'd be different if his main roster, especially or if it means they're going to run this back for higher stakes and a longer match, right? Because I'd be interested in this. As long as Jay White gets the win, I think he needs to. I don't think they can assume everybody knows who Jay White is and what he's all about. So I really think they need to have him beat somebody like Starks because they built Starks, but they seem to have sort of cooled a bit on him. So I think White needs to pick up the win. But I like this match. The The finish obviously wasn't exactly what I want, but I thought the action was good into that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, another match with a lot of hard chops. That's mm-hmm. just, they can't, they can't not, I guess. Um, I think they could have kicked into another gear, but I think that we could be I getting think so. there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind this being run back on the pay per view, depending on how matches, Me how too. many, how many matches we're already at. Um, not everyone will love the DQ finish, but it's fine here, and they rarely use it, so it's it's fine with me. Yeah, I uh, I liked it. Um, next we come to our final segment, which is weird but that's i think it's perfectly fine yep um don Callis is here to speak and quote explain himself uh not really not a lot of explaining no not a lot of explaining many other things though um cal says everyone wants to hear him talk about why he did what he did to kenny but he wants to talk about what kenny did to him and he's the only victim in this scenario he says the iwgp title jericho versus omega and the AEW title were all because of him and there is no kenny omega without him uh Battle Cry hits and Kenny Omega comes out. That's right. I know the name of his theme. Uh, and he starts attacking the security that were line, lining the ramp. Um, and But then Blackpool come out from behind and attack him and as security kind of clears out. Uh, and Mox is the paradigm shift on the ramp. They walk down the ring. Mox says the war is already over. Um, and the elite can and could never touch them. Uh, he says this is Kenny's final warning to stay down. He claims they are what everyone else pretends to be, and they are the elite. Mm-hmm. Which I, I like. I like that he says that. That's a nice little touch in there. Um, Bucks theme hits. Uh, they walk out with a trash can with some weapons in there. I think there was a there was a trash can lid. There is a two by four, and then there was a broad wire room. I don't think there's anything else. No axe handle. No axe handles. <laughs> no. It's our weapon of choice now on <laughs> yeah. FNF. I love. They need to patch that into two K. I would love that. Um, Hangman's music hits. He returns with an eye patch. Pirate on. page. Pirate hang pirate. Pirate man. Um, Omega hands him the barbed wire broom. The brawl's underway, but I think Danson avoided the brawl. Like I saw him like hiding behind the stairs or something, which mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, in the ring, Omega blasts you with the trash can. Kind of, he was like wearing it like a Captain America shield, and then just like ran into him with it. Then Yuta took a BTE trigger and a buckshot lariat. And so we get a parallel of that moment after the three-way trios match where Hangman was sitting in the ring and he had the elite 
behind him and they were like kind of standing across the ring from each other yes. when he turned around but then this time he stands with them and says they are the heart the soul the spirit of AEW. and then after a pause he says they are the elite to a nice little pop and he tells blackpool run and hide while they can because that double nothing we are indeed getting anarchy in there yeah we are that should be awesome so you can go because i got much to say my only question was what about Takeshita? right he seemed to be but in this was, orbit and not now. I'm but. thinking, I, I remember you told me about like a similar idea. Is like you can just easily throw him and if they get him Abushi into blood and guts because like, that typically tends to be a five on five affair. I feel mm-hmm. like so that would be amazing. I think mean, it was six last year, but but yeah, I it. thought this was uh, really cool. And I you've got a super hot heel faction in my opinion, like Blackpool, and I think it makes sense that they're enough to make Paige and the rest of the elite sort of put their differences aside, right? Because they need to come together to take out this major threat in Blackpool who are just clearly going to keep attacking them and like relentlessly not leaving them alone. So I think these are two awesome factions and they could kind of have a lengthy productive feud. I don't think it one that I would enjoy, not like Blackpool. Yeah. I don't think it needs to even culminate with anarchy. Um, They could keep going from there. So blood and guts, you can go further than that even. I don't even know. And you can't have Callus be a baby face. He just doesn't, it's it doesn't just, work. You're leaving money on the table, as they say, by doing that. So this it's like an MJF as a baby face. Although MJF could do it good, but still, I it, would. It might not be the be best you. explanation ever, but um, there, he didn't really get an explanation. He just like he kind of got right. cut off, which I think is okay because that leaves some mystery to it. Because yes. maybe they haven't fully thought that out, right? And I think this is a perfectly fine way of leaving that open ended. And the visual of Hangman after. coming out, and even like you said, specifically standing in line with the rest of the elite to say like, "Yes, we are a group again." it's not like me mm-hmm. just sort of mm-hmm. helping them out uh i thought this was a really good way to end the mm-hmm. show i thought it was a perfect way to cap off the show it's like a perfect like uh end segment and you get like that end shot of them all together like it's a great like ending visual i it feel is. like it would be it would almost be nicer on the go home show yeah you know like i mean i don't hate it like that we have another week to let this build and i think that's perfectly fine but it would almost be nicer on the go home like yep because most of the bill is already there. So I think it's perfect any, either way. But um, So Cal's part was short, but that's okay. It keeps these reasons a mystery for now. And that easily could be a revisit after if they'd like to. Like that can be reincorporated at any oh, point. Oh, for sure. Um, I think the whole setup with Hangman's return was perfectly done. Um, first time I thought I saw this, I got like little chills. Because like, it was a really nice moment. The pop was really nice. Um, I like the dramatic pause he had when he was saying, like, we are the elite. Right. That was really perfect to get, like, the desired pop there. Um, it's a it's a really nice payoff to not only this ongoing storyline, but the entire saga of the elite that you could date back to at least 2019 when Hangman left the elite because he was doubting himself and he felt unworthy. Right. And then there's a whole storyline of him and Omega being tag champs, but he wasn't still in the elite. And they had the Revolution tag match that was awesome. Like, this just kind of finally connects back to that, which is really nice. And some might complain about, like, since the elite are EVPs or whatever, you might complain about them being so prominent again. But, like, this big overarching story that, like, has been on and off for, like, since the beginning of the company with the elite is it's really AEW at their peak and storytelling wise the bloodline storyline was amazing don't get me wrong but if i had to pick one of the one or the other i would take this because this has been going on longer Mm -hmm. it's got more layers to it it's just like it's been an amazing on and off i'm not tired of it yet for for years it's still not feeling stale right like i think this is a great new twist of that um just having the elite back together was a really awesome moment and um I'm really hyped for this match. I might even want to see this more than the the pillars for it, which is tough because those are two really um, 
exciting matches agree and for such a short segment i thought this was fantastic just for that moment like it just felt like a perfect perfect little thing here and the the whole build to the matches really come full circle here and like you said they can stretch this out as long as they want mm-hmm. really i think you could go past this i think a blood and guts is pretty much like i mean they tend to do that every year and what else are you gonna do other yeah. than this feels like this um so i think that'll be really cool um hangman is the guy i'm happy he's back that was perfect and I'm glad he's not using that weird theme anymore because that would be so much worse in this moment. Yeah, that experiment didn't last long. <laughs> this just felt like something worthy of ending a show. Yeah, right? and it's, it's a big enough moment. It's a end. moment for anyone pe- who's been watching the whole time. Right. Like, it's just, it's, if you've been watching since the beginning, like we have, like, it's just, it's a perfect moment. It was awesome. And it was a great end to the show. Yeah. Uh, overall thoughts on the show. I really liked, I thought this was a super easy show to watch. And while there wasn't like one blow away match that I'm like, you have to go see it. I liked almost all of the wrestling on this show. Like even the opening Wardlow segment over delivered for me. Um, Moriarty, Big Bill, Darby Allen, Cassidy. I enjoyed that match, right? Um, Guevara Exodus Prime was nothing, obviously. The women's match was fine. You had uh, Strong Jericho, I thought was a fun, like all over the arena sort of brawl. Roosh Jungle Boy, I liked. Uh, Starks Jay White was good. I like the ending segment. There was just, it was just a really, it went by really quickly for me. A lot of uh, interesting stuff. Again, a blow away match would have put it as a solid A, but I think this is an A minus show. And I think that's the second week in a row, right? That they've been in the A range. Yeah, so I remember last week being really good as well. I'm very happy. Like some of the matches felt a bit random, but the in ring quality was good. And then I liked a bunch of the out of the ring stuff as well and ending with a really good segment. So I think this was an A minus show this week. What about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I thought it was a really nice show. I think I wasn't as high on the opening segment as you were, but I think it was still solid. Um, I don't think any of the matches were bad. I think maybe worse, like non-squash-wise, was the women's tag, but it's not even that that's bad. It's it wasn't. Just, it's meaningless at this point, right? if anything. But I thought the opener was fun enough. Squash was whatever. Women's tag was solid. Um, False Camera was also pretty fun. I liked it. And White uh, White and Starks was good, too. And I forgot Roosh and Jungle Boy was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um that was nice too. Uh, MJF's a little bit was awesome. Um, I think Cassidy's segments, like pair segments, was solid. Um, any of the four pillar segments were solid too. Like Guevara, like as weird as him being babyface, he he did good regardless. Yeah, still entertaining. Um, I didn't love FTR's uh, stuff with the the those heels, but that was okay, I guess. Um, and I don't think I'm missing anything else major. Um, and then the the main event segment was just fantastic. I I love that that's those are the kind of moments i love to see and so that that really um that, that's building double nothing perfectly uh, and that was a perfect end for me and so i'll also give it an a minus especially just because that last time really delivered for me like that was just very nice yeah two weeks in a row i've been very very happy with the ew mm-hmm. well we'll shift gears now and move into a little bit of trivia in a segment that we like to call off the top of his head All right, so I am going back to AI trivia. Hooray. So you seem to quite enjoy it, and it's actually a faction that you've already mentioned a couple times this week without knowing. Undisputed Era? No. What did I love last week? Oh, yeah, the tournament for Seth Rollins' title that he was supposedly also in. So Seth Rollins related, but I went went with the Shield Oh, boy, this will be awesome. So I said Did you check it this time? No, I didn't check it. Okay. 
So I said, what are 15 multiple choice questions with answers about the Shield's greatest matches in WWE? Okay, good. You clarified because I was, I was worried they would like think of the Shield from Marvel or something. No, I said, sure. And <laughs> okay. it said, sure, here are 15 multiple choice questions, blah, 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 okay. blah. All right. So here we go. In which year did the Shield make their WWE main roster debut? 2012. Okay. So they're saying 2013. So no. Who, who do I believe? It was 2012. It was the Survivor Series. Remember, they t- <laughs> they put Ryback through the table with a Shield bomb. Right. So A, first question's wrong. B, pretty sure that's not one of their greatest matches either. <laughs> they didn't... I mean... I. Wait, so what was it was the question was what year, right? Yes. So that doesn't apply to a match. Correct. Because like it's so a very to a strong have... start. <laughs> okay. Number two. Wh- I wonder if it'll get anything right. Which pay per view <laughs> event featured the Shield's first official match as a team? TLC two thousand twelve. Hey, correct. That's what it was. It's more like I'm happy that Chat GPT <laughs> yeah, is correct right. and not yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is sort of backwards. <laughs> uh who did the Shield face in their debut match at TLC two thousand twelve? Uh Ryback and Team Hell No in that TLC match. So sorry, Ryback and who? Team Hell No. Which is who? Kane and Dana Bryan. So that is not what they're saying it here. Was that? Uh is that even one of the options? So the options were uh, the closest option would be Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Rey Mysterio. No. So they said the answer is they disagree with you. John Cena, Sheamus, no. and Ryback. No. <laughs> no. That's okay. not it at all. All right. Let's keep no. going. <laughs> no. At which pay-per-view did the Shield face the Wyatt family in a highly anticipated match? Uh, Elimination Chamber 2014. So that is one of their options, but they went with Extreme Rules 2014. Extreme Rules tw- 2014 was Evolution, so... No. Okay, nice. That was the first Evolution match. Who won the match between the Shield and the Wyatt family at Extreme Rules 2014? Well, it wasn't at Extreme Rules, but if they mean the Elimination Chamber one, I know the Wyatts actually won that, which is surprising. Oh, I was going to say, didn't the Shield always win everything? That was No, that was after they were they'd been defeated before, so oh. it wasn't like their first loss, I think. Which member of the Shield won the Money in the Bank ladder match in 2016? Ambrose. Correct. Hey, they got one right. Nice work. That was, they I remember. Completely um, correct. I rem- I'll never forget that because I'm that was when I was too young to finish uh, pay-per-views. Yeah. And, uh, so I hadn't seen most of the show. I think we watched like the early parts of it, but like and I went to bed whatever time it was. Right. So then I um, raw the next time. I remember you think you and mom were talking to someone. So I remember someone was at the door or something. Or, I don't know. Like you guys are talking to someone or yeah. doing something. So I went, I watched Rod. Just like so usually we watch the kid, but I was like, I really wanted to watch it for something. And the first thing I see is Ambrose coming with the right. bell, and I just you like I lost my craft because yeah. I didn't, I had no idea what happened. So I was like, I was so confused. Oh, uh, your pre-spoiler days. See how fun that was. Now <laughs> you spoil on everything all the time. <laughs> at which number seven? At which pay-per-view did the Shield face Evolution in a memorable six-man tag team match? Well, that's kind of a trick question because I mean. If you mean a standard six-man tag, then it's Extreme Rules 2014. But they also face them in a no-holds-barred elimination six-man tag. Which was? At Payback. So they said Payback 2014. I guess Correct. that could be seen as right. Um, depends on you want to take that, I guess. So somewhat right, at least. So like two and a half of them are right so far. Who won the six-man tag team match between The Shield and Evolution at Payback 14? Shield won both. So if Correct. they say anything else, nope. that's wrong. They said The Shield. Which member of The Shield won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 32? Uh, Roman. They, they say Dean Ambrose. No, he lost to Brock in that, uh, <laughs> in the No Holds Barred. So you probably remember Brock didn't want to do stuff. Right. So it wasn't very good. 
Which pay-per-view featured... I was worried they were going to say Seth Rollins, and then I was going to be like, no, he was injured. Which pay-per-view featured the final chapter match, marking the Shield's last match together before the their initial final break? chapter. It was, a, it was like one of those televised house shows, and it was literally called the Shield's final chapter. So, it, so you're saying it wasn't TLC 2014? Why, why that face? They were split up by then, and also I... I know. I think that was the pay-per-view where Dean Ambrose faced Bray Wyatt, and a TV monitor blew up in his face. Uh huh. And then Cena beat <laughs> sure. Rollins in a tables match. Nice. So that doesn't. And the Shield's final chapter is in 2019. So it's wrong on many levels. Like on every level possible. I like that. That's great when that happens. Just completely wrong. Who did the Shield face in their final chapter match at TLC 2014? <laughs> Okay, I'll give you the actual right answer for okay. the final chapter, Go which ahead. was it was that it was that time when um it was the random team with it was Corbin like post constable and then it was Mac <laughs> post constable <laughs> pre uh, pre king right um and also pre happy yeah and pre bomb yeah um but it was against Corbin pre constable and then McIntyre and Lashley they are saying evolution so I don't know who no. to believe <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which member of the Shield faced Triple H in a singles match at Mania 32? Roman. No, Seth Rollins. How dare you? You say you like the Shield, but then you don't know anything so about sad. them. He was injured at that Mania. He I actually faced... thought that one was right. No, he faced Triple H in an unsanctioned match at Mania 33. Wow. So okay. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Number 13. Who did the Shield face in their reunion match at WWE TLC 2017? Is that even right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it? that works because they reunited in 2017, but then there was like the, there's a caveat with that because I don't know if you remember, but so before TLC 2017, there was like that weird illness going around. I remember Roman and Bray got taken oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Sister Abigail was supposed to face yep. Demon Valor, right? And AJ came in as a replacement, right? And so do you remember what happened with the Shield match? No. Uh, remember Kurt Angle? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Shield. So game. it was Shield with Kurt in Angle and Roman game. against. Yeah. Miz, Barr, Kane, and Braun Strowman in a five-on-three TLC match. And we saw that figure everywhere. The yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah, it does a ringside here. exclusive, and yeah. it ended up at Toys R Us because no one wanted it. Right. Um, what are they saying? Who, sorry, who, do you, who did you um, say it was? Miz, the Bar, which is Seamus and Cesaro, and then Kane and Braun Strowman. So kind of close. They said the Bar and Braun, Stro- Braun Strowman. I get, yeah, to, if, to, I mean, yeah, but not just them. Okay. Which member of the Shield won the Universal Championship at WrestleMania? 34 none of them hey so none of them was one of the options but that's not the answer they gave <laughs> what do they say they say seth rollins no how dare you no okay so first of all roman reigns is challenging for the universal title against lesnar remember that's the one where he was rumored to win because lesnar was rumored to be going back to ufc but then he didn't right i remember roman bled i think it was hard way remember he just like oh yeah lesnar did the thing he did to orton and then roman was gushing yep so first of all roman lost that match Second of all, Rollins was in the opener. And remember, it was in the Seth Rollins quiz last week. He won the Intercontinental title against Miz and Balor, so it doesn't work at all. So AI is not smart. Last yeah. question. Which pay-per-view featured the Shield's final match as a team before disbanding in 2019, if that's even correct? The Shield's final chapter. Well, they're saying which pay-per-view featured their final match. None. <laughs> no, they're saying your options are... Fastlane? Fastlane 2019. Okay, I guess. But that's not the answer they gave. No. <laughs> they say Survivor Series 2019. No. He was Moxley by then. 
he 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 wasn't even in the company at that he point. wasn't that's amazing he debuted in like because double nothing remember is like april and may and right. that's when he debuts so he would have he's moxley by then that's like funny. their last if you want to go their last pay-per-view match was fast lane 2019 but then they had the final chapter thing so, so. they <laughs> i don't know man i'm still kind of enjoying these i very the, much like it okay so i'll it's, keep it's so bad it's good and the nice thing is it also keeps a running tally of all of the topics i've already searched if i don't delete them so i'll know it's, oh if I do. that's good at so least you have a back catalog along the left side it keeps all of okay. my previous that's, that's good then queries all right so we'll keep going with the ai it's kind of fun to watch you correct artificial intelligence it's just proof that you know actual intelligence is still a little bit better than artificial when it comes to <laughs> wrestling knowledge at least but anyways we're going to shift gears back into talking about some actual wrestling from this week what we really liked what we didn't like and what we call high spots and rest holds All right, we'll start uh, with Monday night, which is Raw. What did you uh, glean from Raw this week? That's a word. Glean. Heck yeah, it is. Spleen. You didn't know it was a word? No. Um, so the first high spot I had was, I think, J.D. McDonough seems to be starting off solid on the main roster. Yeah. Um, he got a pretty nice intro vignette that you might like. I kind of liked it. Oh, good. Um, he was eliminated by Ziggler in the Battle Royal, which doesn't sound amazing. But he beat him up a bunch after, and that seems to be his first two, which I think is solid because Ziggler's a good hand, so that, and he's face right now, so I think that works well enough for yeah. JD. Um, at least he's not like it's not like he lost on his debut; it was just a battle royal. So, and it looks like he's facing somebody he's going to beat, right? Which Obviously, is what yeah. We would prefer. Um, when he was getting interviewed as he was leaving, you could see Balor in the background at the end, which is interesting. That's that's what people have been noticing, so. right? Um, he's got some solid amount of spotlight on the first show, so and I think that's good. Because people were saying maybe in Judgment Day, right? right. So clearly there's something Yeah, so I thought that was there. good for him. Good. And then another high spot, kind of, uh, is Ali winning the, or Mustafa Ali winning the, the Morgan Hunter Battle Royal to face Gunther at Night of Champions. So we're getting Ali versus Gunther. Oh boy. Which is interesting. Because like, he'll interesting. get pasted. Because he's going to get the... Yeah. Which, then, like, is interesting because he's got the Saudi heritage, so it makes sense, right? Yeah. But, like, I mean, I know he'll probably get pasted, but I'm, I kind of, I, it's kind of a high spot for me because I, I like Ali, so it's kind of a high spot. And, or, and like, sorry, it's kind of a spotlight for him. And he'll get, like, little flurries of offense in, right, in between getting absolutely yeah. murdered, but that's, I'm interested I'm not sure in if that. it's really a pay-per-view match, but I'm happy for him. It feels fresh, which yeah. I'm a big fan of, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really want, like, I, ever since I thought of it, I really want Matt Riddle versus Gunther. That just is perfect. That would be fun. If, for sure. If Pete Dunn's on SmackDown, then give uh, Riddle the Intercontinental title. That is nice. Just not now. And then elevate Gunther even further, I would say. He's mm -hmm. got to be a Now that there's a world heavyweight champion title, guy. I would honestly be okay with Gunther beating a, or Rollins. Me too. Gunther or Balor yep. is, is, should be next. Uh, then last one I had was a literal high spot. Just I saw the coup de grace Balor hit to Zayn. Mm -hmm. Just stuck him with it. Did he? Yeah, it was, I did not it was see one it. of those. So that's a literal high spot. Nice. Uh, moving on to NXT this week, um, a surprisingly good opening match I liked, and it was Fallon Henley taking on Cora, J Cora Jade in this one, right, as part of the tournament for the NXT Women's Championship, and you had Henley selling her left leg for most of this, and then Jade obviously targeting it, targeting it whenever she could. Uh, Henley hit a Shining Wizard at one point, but couldn't make the cover due to her leg, and Henley was on offense for probably, I would say, most of this match. And she ended up kind of stealing a glance at the championship, which they had displayed at ringside. So then as she goes to get back in the ring, Cora Jade hits her with a chop block to that already injured leg. 
And uh, Jade then connects with her DDT, which I think is a pretty weak finisher. But Yeah, I don't love it. It is the finisher nonetheless. So she won only about a five-minute match. But I like, the again, the simple story about the in- injured leg. The action was solid. No major issues. Because when Jade sort of started at NXT, and maybe Henley too, right? They were pretty green, and there was a lot of... Mm-hmm. A sloppiness in Cora Jade matches, especially. Oh, which I, yeah. She which, used to be bad. Which I'm noticing less and less. So I thought this was pretty solid. Uh, another high spot, um, but somewhat disappointing at the same time, because I find the dyad I was telling you actually looked cool on this show, but it's like on their way out the door because their contracts are going to be over, what was it, October or something? So I guess they got a bit of time left. But so instead of doing what um, Schism normally do, which is stand around and each member mm-hmm. says some cryptic thing that doesn't really mean anything. Instead, the dyad just interrupt a Wesley, Tyler Bate, like I guess they're kind of meditating in the locker room, and just lay a really good beating on them, uh, culminating in slamming Tyler Bate's arm in the locker door. They basically throw Wesley into the locker while Bate's arm is in the door. It looked pretty good. And then you have Joe Gacy show up, and he says uh, that Bate and Lee's relationship is based on lies and will fall apart. So for me, this is light years ahead of what they normally do. So the dyad just kind of look like badasses. And Gacy's more the leader and the mouthpiece instead of being like, we're a family and everybody gets to talk and nothing we say matters and we're all really boring. It's kind of like you've got your butt kicking tag team and they're sort of cryptic leader there, right? Who just comes in and says a little Too bit. Too bad they're doing that kind of late though. I agree. So I thought the dynamic here was way better way more simple and effective but again dyad are pretty much on their way out it looks like um a high spot for me at least the initial interaction dragonov and dijak uh they went back to this two more times including i think it was the final visual of the show um so they had a match last week that was too short right ended in a dq with dijak was it a chair i can't remember what he did but anyways yeah and he was doing the whole inflicting pain thing right so now they're talking about how dragonov likes pain and dijak likes dishing out pain um, Dragonov basically says that he's unbreakable and that pain isn't. I like the line. He said, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional, which I thought was a pretty cool line. Uh, so Dijak says that he can break Dragonov. Dragonov says he'd love to see him try. In the moment, I thought this was like leading to a match between them, but it would happen on this show. I think they showed like a nightstick or something. And so basically, they cut back to this twice. And the implication is that. Um, Dijak has just been wearing out Dragonov with this nightstick and just beating on him and that Dragonov just won't stop, right? Won't quit or whatever. But I thought Dragonov was really excellent in this first segment. Um, and it was really dark, kind of like Lucha Underground tone to it, which I really liked. And Dijak, I think his look is still really hokey, but I like this segment, right? And again, it came back twice with Dragonov being just apparently assaulted by Dijak for like an hour straight, um, if you believe what the show's saying. Uh, but willing to take more punishment regardless. Um, right, because they have a last man standing, right? Yeah, they're, is it, that's what it is, last man standing. I knew it was going to be something along those lines, yeah. Um, we get the mystery attacker strikes again, which for me is a high spot because I like sort of mysteries in, in wrestling. This time it was at a house show. They were showing it, I think, earlier oh, in I the saw week. That. And then uh, whoever it is attacked Danny Palmer at ringside. Kind of makes sense because if they're saying... Because I didn't notice them including the Saul Ruka attack when they were showing this, but other people said they did. And Danny Palmer is friends with Saul Ruka in the storyline. Similar background. So it kind of makes sense. And I'm fine with a little mystery, so I like this. I mean, obviously, it's really going to depend on what the payoff is, but I'm fine with it for now. Um, Another thing I really liked was the Creed's taken on the Dyad in a tag team match. 
You had a lengthy knuckle lock sequence with Gibson. Sorry, not Gibson. What is he now? Uh, uh, Rip Fowler. Rip Fowler. <laughs> and Julius. Again, Julius just showcasing showcasing crazy athleticism for his size. Um, they do the stalling suplex thing, and they hand the creeds, that is. They hand Reed off. Then they also do it to Gibson, but even with an extra handing him off one more time for a stalling suplex. So that was cool. Um, we got a cool-looking Koji clutch from Jagger Reed that Julius obviously powers up into a powerbomb. And then I, th- I had a question here. Commentary suggests that Ava is in charge of this team, question mark. So I don't know if they're trying to say, like, when Gacy's not around, she's in charge. But anyways, it seemed like a new development for them just to announce it mid-match to me. Um, Brutus gets a pretty nice hot tag. He actually flipped out of a suplex attempt, landing on his feet. Surprised me a bit. Oh my! That reminds me when I was playing 2K, and so I got like the new DLC right, and yeah. so I was testing out pretty deadly against the Creeds. Yeah. So like, Ju- I was playing as Prince, and uh, Julia tried to hit me with like a German, and I flipped out of it. But then I perfectly, and like my shins hit off the barricade. Like I kind of glitched <laughs> for a second, and my both my shins just hit off the barricade as I flipped out. You see him punked it. Yeah. Uh, we also got a northern suplex from brutus while attempting to pin the other one it's sort of like he does the northern lights and it end up a pinning predicament with the other member of the diet i forget which it looked pretty cool then we got um one heel one face up on opposite corners looking at each other oh, i saw that hitting uh stereo 450s looked pretty good so that was jagger reed and julius creed and then <clears throat> more like some the women get involved at ringside right ivy nile puts a dragon sleeper on ava Brutus then hits the Brutus ball to Fowler out on the floor, and that leaves Julius alone in the ring. So he hits that slam thing that I don't know what to call it, and a basement clothesline to Jagger Reed. I love that. The Creeds win a really good match. It got 15 minutes here. And again, like, why are you doing this to Dyad now? It's like, oh, you guys asked for your release. Now we're going to make you look cool. <laughs> you want to stay now? Like, and it feels very, that like, that's very WWE contrary. Right? I feel oh, like yeah, it's you like... want to leave? Well, let's show you how good you could have been. Well, I, I feel like it's also like you get them to stay and then they can go back down the card. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we'll stay. And now you're crap. Right, again. yeah. Yeah. Um, really good stuff from all four. Much better version of the Dyad, right? They kind of just look like a badass heel tag team and less like mopey cult members. And I would much rather they stop the family thing and go with Gacy as the leader. The Dyad are your ass-kicking tag team. Um, you've got Ava as the woman in the group, and that's fine, right? Uh, it's just, again, the timing of it is strange. I don't know if it's good or bad, but notable at least. Tony D and Stax are having dinner. Stax has to go take an important call about their mafia business. And then two police officers come to talk to Tony D. And they're basically taking him in for questioning about some criti- uh, criminal activity. So they never show the officers' faces. They just show like them from the neck down, basically. But they definitely look like they're performance center guys, right? So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is going to be a new tag team eventually or remember if it's the just creeds using, were security right or they're just using guys to pretend to be police and we'll never hear from it again but it was something anyway it'll, no it'll, it'll be like uh this is this is their first appearance kind of thing yes but exactly. it's like unrelated it'll be trivia later like yeah yeah, yeah 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 About one of those things uh high spot just because i love him it was 10 seconds of noam dar carrying the heritage cup like a baby while staring at it adoringly just before a commercial break you know they just do little yeah. quick things and it just made me laugh because he's funny um, I love Noam Dar. The Supernova Sessions, I liked it. It wasn't perfect, but there were several things I liked. So Dragon Lee's the guest. Nathan Fraser ends up interrupting it, and we're going to get Fraser and Noam Dar next week, and then Dragon Lee and Noam Dar for the cup at the next pay-per-view. Probably a little bit, too, lo- probably a little bit too long, this segment. Yes, PLA, you're right. Some of it wasn't great, but Dar had several amusing moments, right? 
And the fact that it ended up producing two matches that I'm interested in make the segment a success for me. One of the things that was funny, obviously, is Noam Dar has a big comfortable couch with all kinds of cushions on it for himself. And then when Dragon Lee comes out, it's like a small wooden kitchen chair, right, that he has to sit in. And then um, Dar has fruit on the little coffee table. And at various times, he's like just grabbing fruit and eating it. So he starts yelling for security, but he's like taking the time to eat fruit before he does that, which just made me laugh. I don't know. Um, and then the way Noam Dar is saying USA, you know how he did the whole Alicia yeah. Fox thing. So he's got his own way of saying USA just to be annoying <laughs> mm -hmm. that I'm enjoying. There even was... No, neither of them are American. Speaking of Alicia Fox, there was a callback to her made by Nathan Fraser yeah, in, that was in nice. this. So uh, I thought the segment was kind of fun. There have been better ones in NXT UK, but I thought this was... I, I don't feel like the crowd was really enjoying it as much as I did, but who cares, Ooh. right? Too bad for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, rest hold. JC Jane speaks to Mackenzie. Um, she briefly mocks Gigi Dolan for losing her round one match. She's confident that she'll beat Roxanne tonight, and she sounded awful doing it. Even your mom was in the room for this, right? And oh, going, nice. what is she doing sort of thing? Like, she's just <laughs> I saw her entrance, too and much. it's like, it was unchanged. Yeah, no, it was exactly That's the same. So, I know she's still heal, like you said, but like just to me, like there's the fact that there's zero change just doesn't scream volumes about her ability to me no. like she's uh she she's just a little bit too much of everything for me she if she can dial like it back yeah. like 15 percent, it would be much more believable for me um i thought braun breaker heading into mellow's barbershop was kind of a cool idea so trick and mellow defeated gulak and dempsey in a solid uh seven minute tag match this week you have trick and mellow demanding brock come out right braun i'm oh, sorry braun uh, Braun shows up on the Tron, says some pretty decent heel stuff, nothing amazing. But then when the camera pulls back from him, we see that he's in the barbershop with Mello's crew still there, kind of looking nervous, right? Because they're concerned about what Braun might do here. So he's definitely Braun that is a better heel than a babyface. And I think I might actually like this version of him where I was pretty indifferent to babyface Braun. Like, yeah, he has solid matches, but... As a heel, he was just pretty bland. So um, would you say he's better than good and meaner than evil? Meaner than evil, for sure. Yeah. He's meaner, more meaner than evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. our new take yeah. on that. Um, high spot, surprisingly, but I've had this opinion before. I think Dabakato's decent in promos. Not so much in ring, but like... Babatunde? He, he got to speak here and basically said, even though he got drafted, he's not going anywhere, which begs the question, what's the point of getting drafted? Did he get drafted? He's. I think he's one of the agents yes one of well, those then, then he doesn't have to go anywhere technically so he, he's basically on the hunt nxt roster is the prey and i think he like they didn't give him the best lines here they're kind of cheesy but i think his delivery is actually totally fine compared to some people um rest hold it, right after this is that axiom had been watching this on a tablet backstage with some others and i didn't like them having to act like they're kind of afraid of um Dabakato. so it was axiom uh, Idris Anafe, Malik Blade, and Eddie Thorpe. And it's like, oh, they're worried. And I, I don't like Axiom being lumped in with these other guys. The other guy's fine. You want to be afraid of Dabakato, but I think Axiom is is better than that and Beyond should that. not be involved in that. So um, final rest hold. I thought the final segment was uh, left something to be desired. It was Carmelo Hayes and Trick call out Braun yet again. This time he does come out. And it was kind of a standard promo and then brawl with a low blow and a belt shot from Melo didn't really generate any extra heat for me. I don't think it was terrible. It just doesn't really add anything. You know I love Carmelo and so do you, but he's missing a little something, right, since becoming a baby face. Yeah, that's why I wanted him as a heel. Heel Melo as North American champion for me was like, this guy's a megastar. This is awesome. He The belt 
looks great with him. He's elevating this thing. It's not quite doing the same. I think he same. needs to kind of switch back after the Braun thing. Because I think the heel turn does Braun favors, but then they need to give Melo his heel turn back. And it's of. sort of set up that he can turn heel on Trick, right? As much as I like them together as a package, clearly they have plans for Trick. They're really trying to see what they have with him right now. Mm -hmm. So that'd be an opportunity for Hayes to go back to heel and try Trick as a babyface for a bit, I guess. I don't know. Um, then we got Impact Wrestling. I watched that as well. Impact was really strong in ring this week, I'm happy to say. The opening match included, and that was Trey Miguel defeating Laredo Kid. I think it was for the X Division title. I'm not quite sure. Laredo Kid, I think, is back from an injury. so he, I didn't see his title match, but I don't know. He was looking uh, heavier and not quite as quick as usual, but still really good. Um, and It was weird because Miguel tree seemed to try to be slowing things down for the first few minutes of it, and then it picked up. Uh, these two had a really entertaining, I think it was like a nine-minute match or something. Um Trey won by ripping Laredo Kid's mask off and then rolling him up as Laredo Kid was trying to hide his face, right? So kind of a... I don't know. It doesn't bother me because Trey's a heel and he would do this kind of stuff. Some people are sick of the whole going after the masks. I don't find Impact do it as much as some other places. So it was okay. A good match. Finish makes sense with Trey's character, right? And then he cut a promo after the match about being disrespected. And he says he's going to hold the show hostage as he sits down in the ring as the show goes to commercial. So what came out of that for me was a rest hold because the person who responded to that after the commercial was Chris Sabin. Uh, I thought he gave a pretty boring promo here, a bit longer than I would have had to, about becoming a nine-time, nine-time, he says it nine times, X Division champion. So sure, why not? Um... High spot for me, they actually put some work into explaining why Sammy Callahan and Rich Swan would be sort of unlikely friends and colleagues here. And so they're sort of sit down and discuss their actual lengthy history together. And Callahan talks about Swan being the most talented person he's ever met in terms of just like he can sing, play musical instruments, athletically, wrestling, whatever. And then Swan was sort of putting over Callahan's ability to connect with crowds and, and what a great character he is. So, I mean, I like this. It felt realistic. Both of these guys need something to do anyways. And if you're going to put them together, I appreciate you offering some sort of explanation, right, of their history and their affiliation so they don't seem so much like a random pairing. So I appreciated this segment. Um, another high spot was another match. Ace Austin took on Jason Hotch of the Good Hands. And this got way more time and was more competitive than I expected it to be. Really good pace with Hotch getting a chance to showcase some offense. I honestly think he's really good. Um, so Myers and Skyler got involved to prevent a fold from happening. But then Chris Bay comes over to take out Skyler. Hotch hits a nice standing Spanish fly for a near fall. Hotch kicks out of a pinfall attempt and it sends Austin into the ropes. Myers hits him with a cheap shot and that allows Hotch to roll up Austin for the win. So I, A, I thought the match was really good. I'm happy to see the good hands sort of up their profile since joining with Myers, which we talked about last week, right? It seems like a good fit with the good hands and Brian Myers a lot better than when they were lackeys with um, Bully Ray, right? So I like the trajectory they're on. Seems to be they're on a collision course for Bullet Club with the tag titles. I wouldn't say weird. I wouldn't say the good hands are built as a likely team. Does that to, mean Bullet Club or Face? I think they kind of are. Because again, this was Ace Austin against a heel and the heel cheated to win. So I feel like that's how they're being positioned now. But anyways, I'm happy the, the good hands are getting a little bit of attention. Uh, rest hold, unfortunately, Macklin is not done with Singh and Shara, I guess. It looked like he was last week. But he's happy because Singh and Shara took out Heath. So he wants them to follow some more orders. And then they just kind of walk out and leave. I say it again. A strong champion does not surround himself with these guys. 
Totally different if Singh and Shara had a higher profile or had been successful or winning or doing anything. But these are guys that lose on like pre-shows and stuff, have been treated like a joke for most of their time here. And now they're sort of supporting your what's supposed to be your biggest performer. So I don't get why they're doing this, but they are. Uh, another rest hold. Alicia interrupts Jordan Grace. Uh, Grace wants Deanna healthy for her last title shot. And Alicia is involved and she sounded bad as she tends to do. High spot. Really like this match. Trinity's in-ring debut. You saw a bunch of this or all of it, right? You what, were in the room. Uh, Trinity and... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was there, yeah. Um, Kylan King, right? Yeah. So I told you, and you noticed a bit, it was Trinity versus her, her ring gear for, for quite a bit of this. Like, she basically had um, a one-strap top, and the top side without the strap, she had to keep adjusting constantly. But anyways, um, another, like, this got a lot of time, and again, was more competitive than I expected. It was Trinity selling quite a bit throughout this, but then mixing in flurries of offense as well. Um Trinity hits some similar to a heat seeker, right? I don't remember what the exact difference was, but you were watching it with yeah. me. So she it got was a, like she's on her knees kind of. It was more of a face buster. She got a yeah, she got a near fall out of that. Trinity eventually wins with a submission. I thought it looked kind of cool that she calls the starstruck. I don't even remember what it was at, at uh, right now, but I remember thinking it looked kind of cool. It's like a sunset flip and then you modify it so that their arms are trapped and you kind of pull on their neck. Oh, right. It looked pretty I remember good. she won the SmackDown Women's title with like that and at Mania 33 in that six-pack challenge. I thought there were a couple issues early on uh, that weren't perfect, but then I thought this was really good and that they did a really good job of building this match as it went. I'm starting to be impressed by Kylan King. She's got a different look, right, because she's taller and a bit bigger. Um, I thought she looked really good here, and she made Trinity's first win feel like a quality win. Like, I was expecting, okay, we're getting, like, a four-minute easy Trinity win, but this was a really good match that built and got a bunch of time. I was pleasantly surprised. Rest hold with, I think you saw as well, the Death Dolls and the Undead Realm. We're still dealing, yeah. with, still dealing with that. So Jessica's still waiting for Rosemary to get back from the Undead Realm, and Jessica's holding the... Um, Oh my God, what do you call those things? The hourglass as the time's running out, I guess. The coven come and try to turn her against Rosemary and they're like, uh, Jessica's like, Rosemary says you guys don't really have any power and you can't get to the undead realm. And the coven are saying, have you ever considered the possibility that Rosemary's not always right? I don't care. Nobody could care about this. I don't ca Nobody is like, man, I wonder how, I can't wait to see how this comes out next week or whatever. No way. Um, Another rest hold, I think what we found out is that Fandango, sorry, Dirty Dango, is the person who tacked Santino Morella. So it's basically, uh, what was it, Joe Hendry got summoned because somebody said, say his name or whatever. So he shows up and I think he ripped Dango's shirt off and we saw that his chest had been clawed and that he chest hair was missing because remember the big thing was that Santino had hair under his in his hand and Fandango was quick to grab it out and start the investigation. So I guess that's where that makes sense. Uh, it was okay. his chest hair that got ripped out in the struggle. So I guess we learned that it's Fandango, sort of Dirty Dango as the perpetrator here. But it's just a weak comedy angle, and I don't care. I don't care about Dirty Dango or Morella. So I don't... This is... Impact tries to do comedy and light stuff, and I find it's a miss almost always for me, especially when they really lean into it with, like... Um, Wrestle House and what was the other one I hated so much? Swingers thing. Oh, Swingers Palace. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Although you enjoyed when those were on because I would get angry. Oh, Wrestle House is my favorite time ever. <laughs> and then uh, final high spot, a good six-man tag main event. 
kind of thrown together. It's the six participants in the upcoming number one contenders match at Under Siege. So they're thrown into th teams of three. Uh, it turned out to be pretty entertaining. So you had Ka Kazarian, Moose, and Eddie Edwards taking on Yuya Uemura, Jonathan Gresham, and Alex Shelley. Um, and so part of it is Eddie Edwards and Kaz are having issues as teammates throughout this. There's people tagging each other in when they don't really want to be sort of thing. And then eventually the uh, it comes to a head as Kaz basically costs his team the win. He takes out Edwards with the clothesline after they sort of inadvertently run into each other. That leads into the finish where Alex Shelley hits the shell shock to Eddie Edwards to pick up the win. Again, this got quite a bit of time. Everybody got a chance to showcase themselves. Maybe didn't notice Gresham as much as some other people. Uemura looked really, really fast as he usually does. Um... And again, like some one of these guys is going to be the number one contender after Under Siege, and I think that Alex Shelley. I think it's further evidence of what I've been saying, right? That Impact is hurting for credible contenders at the top of the card. Other like, than Alex Shelley, are any of these guys believable? They have good wrestlers. I'm not saying they don't, but they just haven't built anyone or told any stories that make any of these guys feel important to me, right? So I I don't know. I I think there's not much doubt Macklin retains against whichever one of these six it is. Alex Shelley. And then they need, I'm afraid it's just going to be uh, Magnus, whatever his name is, Aldis. And that Aldis. I don't see anybody <laughs> else. Nick Magnus. Uh, anybody else high profile enough. So I'm a bit nervous because I'm not a big Aldis guy. But anyways, um, overall, a good episode of Impact. The in-ring stuff was way better top to bottom than usual. I, I quite enjoyed it. Did you get that leave SmackDown? Did you get anything from SmackDown? Yeah, a little. I even started watching Rampage last night at about 1 o'clock. Fell asleep, though. The opener was... Uh, I fell asleep first, loser. I can't remember who the opener was. I started it and then fell asleep. It was a multi-person match. Anyways. what Black, did you... Blackpool, Best Amigos. Oh, it was. Yes, it was that. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, high spot, uh, pretty deadly one against the Brutes. Their debut nice. went nicely. So good. Good. Did they? The, do you know if there's any shenanigans or anything involved? Did they have to cheat? Probably. Kinda. I don't know. It wasn't like super cheating. I think it was like because like they got Butch in the ring or whatever when he wasn't legal, and then they used that as a distraction. Hit spilt milk, and then it wasn't like cheating, cheating. Right. I don't know. Uh, then rest hold Raquel is apparently back to teaming with Shotzi now. Liv is injured, so that's lame. Yeah, that's not great. You're not a big Shotzi fan. Neither am I, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, another rest hold was Boogs and LA Knight lost to Street Profits and LA Knight turned on Boogs. I was going to say I heard that tag team's done, which is I've, good. I forgot how that even came to be, but it, it was just pointless. So I'm hoping there's a brighter future for LA Knight. And the more and more he gets Me done too. dirty, I'm getting behind him. He, I don't understand. He's a perfect main roster guy for them to push. Like I don't like. He's not my favorite, but I do. He's main, entertaining. If and then you he's, built he's a main roster talent in the lab to have like. Maybe not face of the company, but like a upper mid card or occasional main event heel. Like he's it, I feel like, right? He, so he, uh, yeah. I don't know what their problem is with him, but yeah, maybe because he's not one of their guys, right? Yeah, I guess so. He's been elsewhere for too long, maybe. I don't but know. Like he's just, I don't know. If any NXT guy's going to get up there, he should be one of them. I agree. Just, like, just for them alone. And like. he's not an amazing in-ring performer, but that's not the point, right? He's good enough. For right. main roster, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, and then the high spot was the bloodline stuff from SmackDown. Angry Roman at the Usos was fantastic. Yeah, uh, it was it was really nice. There was a couple little bits um, that that were really good. Yeah, Roman's an act, good actor now, man. Yeah, there was the they've all and Jay were, is great too. There was Roman and Solo were face to face with Owens and Zayn, and the Usos attacked them. 
them, but then Roman was all angry because that wasn't the plan. Yeah. And he didn't want them out there, and then he yelled at them in the, the locker room, and it was really good. And Solo's done his job really well, too, right? Yeah, like Roman he's been bumped presented. into Solo when he was angrily leaving. That was a Ooh. bit of a moment, which I don't yeah. I don't know. That was interesting, too, I guess. Nice. Sounds good. That was good. Anything else? No. And you said there is no updates in wrestling figures Not these really. days? Oh, I sent you pictures of, where was I, a random Walmart. There yeah. was nothing exciting there. Not much. It was... Uh, Nash and Carter and something else and something else. Nothing mm-hmm. too exciting. But anyways, I guess that's going to bring us to the end of episode 148, coming in just under that two-hour mark that we like so much. So appreciate you taking any time to uh, hang out with us and listen to us talk about wrestling. We will be back next week with 149 on Saturday, again, previewing what three things? Tell me. Uh, Battleground, Blood Money, and Double or Nothing. Yeah, so we'll have lots of previews uh, for that. We'll talk about those shows coming up and do all the other stuff we usually do so probably a bit of a beefier episode next week so we hope to see you all back for that one and until then everybody take care